Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show with Brian Bonner. The finest uncooperative conservative radio on the net. Kicking down the wall, blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches, and you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic. Consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative Radio is coming for you. Okay, and welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening to UncooperativeRadio.com. And say, and say good evening, Susan. <laughs> Hello, American patriots. What are we talking about this evening? On Sundays, we start with the prayer. And you wanted to discuss the Greensboro Four sit-down on February 1st, 1960? I know, you don't remember. Yeah, I, I do Okay, remember. you do. Okay. And uh, so we'll, we, will, we shall do that. We shall. Then the ups and downs for the week. The Fuzzy Muzzy Report meets the U.N., Please put your Nothing gorilla tape. Good meets the UN. <laughs> put your gorilla tape on it, for this. Is it anything like Abbott and Costello meets the UN? <laughs> Followed by the Looney Tooney Global Warming Report, and we will tell you eight things customer service should never say to customers. This is your pet peeve. If we get to this, forget about it. You hate talking to customer service. I I despise it. <laughs> I found this obscure thing that they're doing like a uh, a seminar for companies to tell their customer service people what not to say. I, it was on World Net Daily. Let I couldn't this, believe let's it. Let's just start with this. Stop saying perfect. I can only tell you once. Nothing's perfect except God. Uh, then I don't want to hear perfect from you anymore. I, I'm sorry, it's a pet peeve. It's the new thing. They're being affirmative. You know, affirmative people annoy me. I'm starting to feel like Doctor Who. The new Doctor Who. All right. Uh, <clears throat> Sunday, time for a prayer. From prayingeachday.org. God, our Heavenly Father, when the thought of you awakes in our hearts, let its awakening not be like a startled bird that flies about in fear. Instead, let it be like a child waking from sleep with a heavenly smile. Amen. Man, I can't get this off my glass. It's driving me nuts. 
Now, after you just do the beginning of this, the Greensboro first forced it down. I wish I could, we don't have the bandwidth, but I wish I could have brought up the site because it has pictures of it. Uh-huh. And all of, well, I'll let you do it first. <laughs> I know, I always jump ahead of myself. Alrighty then. The Greensboro Four Sit Down from sitinmovement.org. In the fall of 1959, four young men, Joseph McNeil, Franklin McCain, Ezel Blair Jr., and David Richmond, enrolled as freshmen at North Carolina AT&T University. The four young men quickly became a close-knit group, met every evening in their dorm rooms for bull sessions. It was during these nightly discussions that they considered the challenging the institution of segregation. Now, first of all, it's North Carolina A&T University. You said, <laughs> I said A&T. A&T. You did. My, we head, were, well, my we brain were, just filled in a T. <laughs> Plus, we're talking about customer service. <laughs> now, the picture of these four young men who, by the way, were enrolled in a college, okay? Uh, A&T. Ra- ra- were racists, right? The black men enrolled in college. Terribly black men enrolled in college. Yes. 1959. Right. Racists. We're racists. Obviously. Secondly, they are well, the picture shows them extremely well-dressed, Brian. I mean, to the hilt. Beautiful long coats, great hats. I mean, they really looked properly. I mean, it wasn't like the mutts that we have now. I mean, they were really dressed very finely. Okay? Again, racists, right? Black man, how do they get these fine clothes? Or the money to go to the college, right? I have no idea. The third thing is the person who was serving the other people, they have a picture of them sitting at the counter, he was black. The man You're behind... ahead of yourself <laughs> no, for the last time. No, no more talking. It doesn't tell you no. this. It's only in the pictures. Well, it better tell you this. No, it doesn't. Well, yes, it will. Just be quiet. <clears throat> what? What is with that? The breaking point for the group came after Christmas vacation when Joseph McNeil was returning to North Carolina A&T after spending the holidays at home in New York. McNeil was denied service at a Greyhound bus station in Greensboro. McNeil's frustrating experience was shared by the group, and they were willing to make the necessary sacrifices, even if it meant their own lives, to provoke change in society. On that final night in January 1960 in Scott Hall, the four friends challenged each other to stop talking and take action. They didn't realize the journey they would take the next day would ignite a movement, change a nation, and inspire a world. And just to be a wet blanket, this kind of stuff was going away on its own. And now we have rampant racism because of affirmative action and welfare good luck what again what you were saying it would have went away on its own these men were in college they dressed really had really nice clothes i mean it was going away yeah all right so go eat at the lunch counter that's for blind people i mean that store deserves your business screw the white guy don't give him your business i don't know why you want to give money to the white man why was it such a big deal that you had to give money to a white man? 
Why wouldn't you want to give it to your own, what you call your own people? I hate to break it to you. Black people are my people, too. They're people. People. Anyway, you just happen to have black skin. This, again, this Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks, of course, was put up to it. She was an activist, and that was a setup, but it's still she still had to do it and it was still it was still brave and it still was ch changing uh that picture in the america's mind was an important picture but it was happening anyway so i really can't say that anything they did here made any difference whatsoever other than maybe cause the conversation to jump off, jump off early but they didn't. We didn't have a conversation. Let's find out what we had. February 1960, Monday, February the first, to be precise. Joseph McNeil, Franklin McCain, Ezel Blair Jr., and David Richmond, the Greensboro Four, entered the F. W. Woolworth store. I'm hungry now in Greensboro, North Carolina, around 4:30 p.m. and purchased merchandise at several counters. They sat down at the store's whites-only lunch counter and ordered coffee and were denied service, ignored and then asked to leave. They remained seated at the counter until the store closed early at 5 p.m. The four friends immediately returned to campus and recruited others for the cause. February the 2nd, 1960. Twenty-five men, including the four freshmen, Along with four women returned to the F.W. Woolworth store. The students sat from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. while white patrons heckled them. Undaunted, they sat with books and study materials to keep them busy. They were still refused service. <clears throat> Reporters from both newspapers, a TV cameraman, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> a TV cameraman, and Greensboro police officers monitored the scene. Once the sit-ins hit the news, momentum picked up, and students across the community embraced the movement. That night, students met with college officials and concerned citizens. They organized the Student Executive Committee for Justice to plan the continued demonstration. This committee sent a letter to the president of F.W. Woolworth in New York requesting that his company take a firm stand to eliminate discrimination. Meanwhile, at its regular monthly meeting, the NAACP voted in unanimous support of the students' efforts. And, yay, anticlimactic, wasn't it? I thought so. Well... This went on. This whole report goes on day by day by day by day. They did this like for two weeks, but well, I didn't want uh, to put that frankly, all up. <laughs> uh, frankly, if I was law enforcement, I would have to uh, tell them, "Sorry, you, you can't do this." Well, they ended you're up. Hold, you're tying up a. You're tying up business. You can't do that. They ended up shutting down the lunch counter. Right. They, they shouldn't have been allowed to do that. That's crossing the line. You know, you want to protest, protest, but if you're going to just block commerce, uh, well, that's the time for government to get involved. And uh, they should have kicked them out because they they were not just the protesting. They were putting them out of business. But they shouldn't have been. Oh, I know. In a perfect world, it should have, could have, would have. Yeah, it, the, all is in a prog's mind. I know. 
we conservatives live in reality. Um, the, the reality of it is we haven't talked about racism nearly enough. The reality of it is there's whole places called inner cities, they're ghettos, full of black people on welfare and drugs and crime. Third world nations right here within our own country brought to you courtesy of the left-wing little progressive socialist commie fascist status bastards. Ta-da! This would have gone this would have taken care of itself. And because of that, we would have been done with it. Now, because of all the efforts in the NAACP and the welfare government and uh, this uh, entitlement mentality we foster them, we still have racism. And, and more on the black side, by the way, than the white side, I'd point out. Yeah, the brown people really hate us whiteies by, with a passion, you know. I have that clip. <laughs> King Shamir Shabazz Boo Boo. Yeah. You should just have that like sound bite and pop it off. I do. I have it right here. Right there. I'm telling. I'm tired of telling you about this little spot there. Fill That's it. sound effects. Right. Put it there. Put sound effects there. I have the. You have nothing. Sound bite. I understand, but you have no sound effects. Zero. None. Nada. Zilch. I don't want you to play the stupid sound file, but if you want to play it, go ahead. No, that's fine. <clears throat> Good. Then I'll move along with this. But understand, because we have never really had a mature conversation about this, about race in America, we still have problems. If, it, if, it, if the government didn't get involved, I guarantee you, it long since been put to bed. But the government doesn't want us to put it to bed. It's got to keep us separated. I'm sorry if you don't remember that song. Anyway, oh, by the way, uh, shouldn't the NAACP change its name? Just saying, we're not allowed to say the N-word anymore. Not even Negro. They don't want us to use it, even though it's, that is their anthropological label. That's just what it is, just like we're Caucasoid. And then uh, the Asians are Mongoloid. Asians, natives. Notice they're all of the natives and the Asians. Notice how much they resemble each other. That's not, that's not by accident. All right, so let's go on for the ups and downs for the week. Down from the New York Post.com. A worker at a Canadian pharmacy accidentally gave out bipolar medication to trick-or-treaters instead of candy, according to the report. My apologies for the tapping. I have no idea why I'm tapping. <clears throat> accidentally gave out bipolar medication to How does that happen? <laughs> and in what and what planet do you do you keep the the medicate pills in a bowl next to the candy in the bowl? I don't, how did the two get mixed? And I don't know. Didn't even know that Canadians celebrated Halloween. <laughs> I had no idea. Everybody <laughs> celebrates Halloween. And why would you it's go to such a, a secular holiday? Nobody's offended. Why would you go to a pharmacy to trick and treat? 
obviously to get candy. <laughs> and no, in a lot of places, <laughs> I, they used to have a lemonade dispenser, the one up the road from where I lived. And I used to drink lemonade for free there all the time. So we, yeah, we used to go to the drug stores all the time. So that's not unusual. Oh, I know it's today. It seems unusual. The mix-up unfolded after a woman unknowingly dropped her 17-year-old son's prescription drugs while on her way out of the Beauport Pharmacy. Another customer picked up the medication. Quetiapine. I, I've never heard of this before. Quetiapine? Quetiapine? I don't know. Quetiapine? It's a weird word. Uh, and Devil Proax. Sodium, both of which are used to treat schizophrenia as well as other psychological disorders. And again, another teenager on these drugs. And placed it danger dangerously close to the candy basket at the counter. So unfortunately, we don't know how an employee just mixed it with the candy by accident and distributed it to the kids. A Quebec City police spokesperson told the Daily Star, what kind of idiot picks up a, a pill bottle by accident, empties it into a basket full of candy for kids by accident? I'm not buying it. So unfortunately, we don't know, says a Quebec City police spokesperson. Seven individually wrapped pills were dropped into candy baskets throughout the night. Police assured parents that the medications were not dangerous, despite side effects that include suicidal thoughts, tremors, tremors, and nausea. That's right. Nothing to see here. That's Canada, especially Quebec. Quebec, it's like little France. And that's another way it could probably happen. You get confused when you have to speak two languages from the time you were born. I know people think that makes, oh, that shows about making a person broader minded. No, it tends to make a person an idiot. If you be broader minded as to letting progs fill it up with nonsense. <clears throat> anyway, and up and down from the Daily Signal. In a speech Thursday on the Senate floor, Senator Ted Cruz, Republican of Texas, sharply criticized the Bipartisan Budget Act of 2015, a budget deal between former House Weeper John Bonehead Boehner and President Caesar Baracus Obaminus. Cruz said the deal is yet another example of the failure of the so-called Republican majority to deliver on their promises to the American people. Now, if someone is an effective demon ground leader, you would expect them to be able to pass legislation when a majority of demon grads supported it and a majority of Republicans opposed it, Cruz said. Indeed, if you're a partisan demon crat, that would be almost the definition of an effective demon crat leader. Nineteen times in the last ten months, this so-called Republican majority has passed legislation, has had a vote succeed 
where a majority of Democrats supported it and a majority of Republicans opposed it, Crew added. Cruz said that the majority leader, Mitch McConnell, Republican Kentucky, has proven to be a very effective Democrat leader. Is this not a curious state of affairs? Why is a Republican majority leader fighting to accomplish the priorities of the Democrat majority, a minority, sorry? Cruz said that while Senator Harry Droopy Dog Reed, Democrat Nevada, was Senate majority leader, a flawed budget agreement was negotiated that increased spending by $63 billion over two years. What does it say to you that a supposedly Republican majority of the United States Senate negotiates a bigger spending bill than Harry Droopy Dog Reed and the Democrats? The budget deal was not cooked up overnight, Cruz argued. This wasn't a slapdash on a post-it note last night, Cruz said. What's a slapdash? This represents days or weeks or months of negotiations. This represents the Washington cartel in all of its glory because this is the combined work product of John Boehner, Bonehead, and Nancy, Wicked Witch of the West, Pelosi, and old Mitch McDonald and Harry Droopy Dog Reed. Everyone involved here has a funny name. That's not good. The entire time Republican leaders have been promising, we're going to do something on the budget. We're going to rein in the president. They have been in the back room negotiating to fund every single thing Obamaists did, he said. And I believe him 100%. There's no doubt in my mind that the Republican elite leadership is working with Obamaists' people to destroy us. They want that little spot in the New World Order, too, you know. <sighs> okay. That was supposed to be an up-down. I'm way too depressed by that for it to be an up. Where the heck is an up in this? There's no up. There's no up. It's just a down. I'm sorry. Busted. This one's supposed to be it up. Wait a minute. You finished that whole thing? Did I? First of all, the reason Yes, that, I did. Yeah, The right. reason it's an up that is whole thing. because he's speaking out, at least. Cruz? All right, that's a stretch for an up. Someone, someone speaking out. Okay, I guess that's something. So five people in Washington, D.C. actually get it. Anyway, yes, I read it all. Oh. Moving along to an up. What do you matter? What's the matter? You afraid I'm going to get through too fast tonight? Yeah, you're just blowing through them. Sometimes that's how it works. It depends on the stories. This is supposedly an up. I have my doubts. From Fox News. Police say a teenager grabbed a samurai sword and slashed a man who was trying to break into his eastern Connecticut home. Angel Maldonado. Oh, goodness. Angel Maldonado. An Hispanic with a, with a knife. Isn't that just a cliche? <laughs> uh, 
Well, when I grew up, all the spigs carried knives. They really did. And if they, they didn't get in fistfights, they'd cut you. So Angel tells the bullet he grabbed a sword after hearing someone trying to pick a lock at his Danielson home Tuesday morning. The 19-year-old Kunabog Valley Community College student says someone had broken into the home a couple of weeks ago and stolen their PlayStation. Oh, that'll piss him off. Maldonado says he opened the door and slashed the man after he tried to force his way into the home. Maldonado and his three dogs then chased the suspect off the porch before flagging down a passing car. Must be hard to flag down a passing car with a bloody sword. I don't think I'm stopping. And I have a gun. <laughs> I see a bloody sword waving around. I'm not stopping. And three dogs. I don't care about the dang three dogs. But that bloody sword's... Something's not right here. <laughs> that that sword's been used to do something. Good for him. Yes, it is good the for him. The guy was going to... And terribly sad that they're forced to use a samurai sword to protect their home instead of having, you know, a gun. Nor they might be interested to note that the baseball bat can possibly cause much more damage than the samurai sword because it's not a real samurai sword. It's an imitation. What? I just don't... Real samurai <laughs> swords are, like, priceless. You're kidding me. <laughs> I just don't understand. Where did he get the sword? I mean, this story doesn't... I'm telling you, it's, it, they have a display of either because they took martial arts or because they wanted a weapon to defend their house with. And, well, no one says anything about you keeping samurai swords in a display on the mantle, do they? No. <laughs> so there you go. That's perfect for places like New York and stuff where they're gun-phobic. Baseball bat works extremely well as well. But I will say that Samurai Sword has the edge if they got it sharpened right because you can kind of just push them away, push at them and they have to stay away or die. You don't think so? I do. I think so. So I would say the Samurai Sword's better than a baseball bat. But probably, you'd probably have a little bit more attitude from cops for that than the baseball bat. But it's perfectly legal. They can't do a darn thing about it. Anyway, we got to go to a short commercial break. It's Young Coopin Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. We are the socialists. You will be assimilated. Your individual liberties, personal freedoms, and mental individuality will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813. 
This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. Grandma, can you come out and play? Sure, Ellie. Oh, my. You might want to come here and help Grandma. What's the matter, Grandma? Can't you stand? Oh, sorry, honey. It's my knees. They don't work the way they used to. Does this ever happen to you? Are you on Medicare? You may qualify for a pain-relieving knee brace at little or no cost to you. Call the health hotline to see if you qualify. Our friendly agents are standing by 24-7 to help you. We also have braces for your shoulder, ankle, or back pain. And if you're covered by Medicare, you may qualify for free delivery. Grandma, slow down. I can't keep up. Maybe you can use a knee brace too, Ellie. (laughs) Catch me if you can, kiddo. Call now to get your pain-relieving knee brace. 800-368-6704. 800-368-6704. That's 800-368-6704. Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call 800-764-9168 and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800 764 That's 800-764-9168. If you are successful at what you do, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a business owner, or you have a great career, you understand the concept of protecting yourself. Well, are you protecting yourself, your family, and your assets with quality term life insurance? Consider these possible rates. A man age 45, non-tobacco user, could obtain $1 million of coverage for as little as $75 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 10 years. We specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. A man age 50, non-tobacco user, may be able to obtain $500,000 of coverage for as little as $115 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 20 years. We have great rates for smokers, too. Call the Term Lifeline now. 800-430-1891 Okay Welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. We're still in the ups and downs for the week. Which is surprising my producer for some reason. Really, most people get through an up and down segment in like 10 minutes. Going back to the sword. 
Um, you're right. You're demonstrating that anything can be used as a weapon. Because you talked about the sword and the baseball bat. Mm, there's also a fireplace iron. Hammer. Off the top of my head. Oh, a hammer. Hatchet. I guess these all have to be banned. Nail gun. Any knife. Anything sharp. Door door jam openers. You know, the things you stick in front of the door to hold them open. Those heavy things. They make great things to hit on the head with that you obviously can keep around your house. But, you know, you could use the binding of a paperback book as well. Credit card. Absolutely. <laughs> I act, The reason I'm bringing this up is because I actually took a self-defense course that taught us this. It was for women that were involved in a... In I'd a, use uh, credit cards like sh shirt guns to make the person flinch while I cross the distance and get to him. You just throw credit cards in his eyes as you run at him. <laughs> that could have two effects. The other one could be he's trying to grab the credit cards because you're throwing credit cards at him, right? Either way, he's distracted. <laughs> you know what I found that, that I thought about this is he, what do you do? I mean, he still tried to come in the house. He was looking at the guy. The guy's holding a sword. He's still going to try to come in, really? That was pretty stupid. <laughs> Unless he didn't see the sword. Anyway, that was an up. You agree? Okay, it's not perfect, but it's an up. <laughs> All right, it down. <clears throat> From WUSA9.com. A man who sold himself a $1 million winning D.C. lottery ticket is just one of many retailers a WUSA 9 investigation found winning the lottery at rates statisticians say border on impossible. At least three retailers won the lottery around 100 times according to an analysis of D.C. lottery records obtained under the Freedom of Information Act. No, nothing could be going on here, right? <laughs> that wouldn't make anybody suspect anything. 10000 $5,000, Lonis Assad said, about some of his 27 payouts that averaged $30,000 each. I don't have nothing to hide. Well, you just said you did. That's a double negative. He seemed quite open to discussing the wins, but DC Lottery is not open about discussing the jackpots or his actual identity. While DC Lottery will not, Isad does acknowledge, despite the lottery's news release on his win that portrayed him as a pizza worker, in reality he owns the store where he bought that $1 million prize. In the WUSA 9 review, we analyzed all prizes of $600 more, which should probably say or more, which are high enough to be reportable income over an eight-year period. Our investigation found lottery retailers make up at least three of the f top five D.C. lottery frequent winners, all with about 100 wins or more. It is important to note that frequent wins by individuals, including lottery agents, do not definitely 
definitively mean improper activity has occurred, said D.C. Lottery spokesman David Umansky. Oh, yes, there has. And it had to have something to do with someone in your organization. That's why, oh, well, no, they're not in no, hurry to discuss this. Of course not. It couldn't be done without colluding with someone on the inside. How would you know what ticket to buy? It is more important to note that the information provided to you on frequent winners does not and cannot show how much money an individual spends playing. Statisticians who reviewed the numbers at WSA9's request said the numbers stack up in astounding ways. The chance that the top three occupations are all lottery retailers is one in, well, let's see, that's 10 billion? Billion, yeah, one in ten billion. That's ten zeros. Said Dan Neiman, a statistic professor at John Hopkins University, using a formula assuming the odds of finding someone's occupation is a is a lottery retailer. Around the chance of getting heads in thirty three consecutive coin flips. USA nine, WSA nine also uncovered. The arrest and conviction of a former Crown gas station employee who is accused of printing himself $79,116 worth of Race to Riches tickets without paying and cashing in the winnings elsewhere. How in God's name could he get away with that? By playing them elsewhere. Yeah, but if you print them out, don't you have to have a record of the money given to you for each printout? No, he printed himself, as in, as in counterfeited. Okay. I didn't get that from that. Well, they don't get to print lottery tickets in the store. Lottery tickets are, are sold in bundles. This is all random stuff, and you have to go through each individual city and how they do this stuff. But it's pretty much the same everywhere. So did he use a 3D printer? No. <laughs> 3D printer wouldn't do it. Well, why? How would you want a, a poly ticket? How could you turn that in? It can't be made of polymer. It's got to be made of <laughs> cardboard and ink. And... Well, then how did he get away with counterfeiting them? Because he printed them. So what, did he scan in a real one? I don't know. Maybe they'll tell you. I, I really didn't do it, so I couldn't tell you. There's a billion ways to do it. I mean, yeah, he could have scanned it in, and he could have manipulated the image and then printed them out. Of course, anybody could do that who has a regular printer and a regular computer. There's no big thing, unless they use some kind of special stock, some kind of special uh, secret thing somewhere else in a ticket. But if you're just talking a simple ticket... Anyway, he could print them. All right. Uh, ba, 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 ba. In Isad's case, I like Sad. Isad's case, lottery documents and officials have not indicated any disciplinary or legal action. But he acknowledges there were suspicions about missing tickets and lottery money exceeding $50,000. Now, He's a Muslim. I said? Yeah. He sounds Muslim, yes. He sounds Arab at the very least. Don't forget, you know, a lot of the Jewish names can sound that way too. But I don't think someone, a Jewish person would be working in a gas I should station. say Israeli. 
Okay, that's really would be working in a gas station. Who knows where they'd be working? Depends. What do you think? All Israel lights are like rich diamond merchants or something? I know I'm racist. You sound like Al Sharpton. And I'll still keep calling. You know, it's I'm well aware it's I said. I don't care. It's I, I said. Because he's sad. I'm sad because he's stealing. <laughs> and I just, how can these people... Do, we got to stop these lotteries, by the way. It's just a poor man's tax, anyway. He said a charge card machine may have played a part in the missing cash. Believe me, I was playing. I was scratching a lot. I said, said, describing why he won so frequently. I was addicted. Whatever I won, I always put back. What are the odds, Slim? Said George Washington University's professor, Dan Ullman. I don't. I can't listen to statisticians and economists. I hate. It. I just don't like listening to them. Either one of them. I don't like either. I, why? Why would anybody have to take statistics? It's ridiculous. For medical degree, why would you take statistics? What statistics have to do? You're not going to be doing the statisizing. You're going to be using other statistics to make you figure out what percentage of people might show up in your emergency room. Uh, something like that. But anyway, George Washington University statistics professor. Ugh. Dan Ullman said, very slim. One in... <laughs> Don't even bother. Wow, that's a lot of zeros. That's a lot of zeros. That's more than a billion. <laughs> that's more. Hey, is that what the uh, what do we One, our debt? Two, three, what is four, our debt five, ceiling six, at seven, now? Eight. This is bigger than our debt ceiling. Is it? Yes. <laughs> no, there is no debt ceiling anymore. They gave they gave the treasury free reign until I forget two years from now. Right. Yeah. Well, they can do whatever they want. They can go into debt and borrow as much as they want. They can borrow eighteen trillion dollars more if they want. That's what your Congress has been doing for you. Aren't you glad they're back? Aren't you glad the government's open? They always do wonderful things when they're open. See, that's what I wanted you to talk about when you did that other up-down. Wow, that's a lot of zeros. That's <laughs> a lot of zeros. What is that, like a Googleplex? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, and is how the professor estimates the odds of someone having I said luck. Larger than the number of electrons in the universe. That is statistically ridiculous. It just doesn't happen, says University of Illinois professor emeritus John Kint, an expert in gambling and lottery practices. With the computer software available to lotteries, these statistical red flags should have alerted lottery regulators as far back as 2012. Nationally, lotteries immediately investigate Win anomaly, anomalies like ticket theft, game rigging, and retailers illegally cashing tickets, aiding others avoiding taxes or laundering money. Let's give the government more power. Yeehaw! Yes, all you progs out there working so hard for your serfdom. Imagine the look on their face. When when they win, your prize. Here's a ball and chain. Well, listen, they're giving IOUs out for the lotteries in Illinois. I think it was Illinois. I know it's one of these one of the states. They they don't even have the money to pay the people that are winning. 
these lotteries. And wasn't this money supposed to go to help the deficits it's in these o- places? No, always supposed to go for education. Well, it depends on the state, doesn't it? It's always supposed to go for education. That's how they get it sold. Every place they do it, they always do the same thing. Why would you give you? Why would the government be in charge? First of all, where in the constitution of your government does it allow it to be lottery agents? Sorry, it's going to be a private company doing it, but not the government. Then you—it's just another tax you guys bought into. Well, it's all going to go for education. Yeah, and on, oh, and the Social Security Trust Fund is fully funded. Yep, there is not one IOU in that vault. My nose is getting very long. But again, if we take back our states, take back our counties, get rid of this stuff. Well, if you want to, if you like gambling, don't get rid of it. I don't care. If you want to have a whole government run on gambling, like the government itself has their own tables and stuff, go ahead. Fund your government any way you like. I don't care. As long as they don't go into debt. That's unconstitutional. Yeah, but again, this this certain state is giving IOUs to the people who are winning the lottery there. Where are they getting them? Where are they going to? How are they going to pay these people back if they can't don't have the funds there to begin with? Question: What's the difference between an IOU and a government bond? I have no idea. Nothing. Except it's even worse than a regular IOU because it's it's an IOME. You give them money, they spend it, they give you an IOU. Okay, you give them the IOU, where did they get the money from? You! That's why I asked that question. Where are they going to get this money Same from? Same place, Social Security. Where are they going to get that? Medicare, Medicaid, welfare. Where are they getting all the money? From us. Oh, no, they're just printing it. Well, printing money has its consequences, and it's called inflation. You might have noticed that Big Mac quarter pounder with cheese meal deal went up to $9. That's that's up $4 over the last couple of years. That's almost double what it used to cost. Well, and we, I talked I'm about... I'm sorry, that. i got to do the McDonald's angle because I, I'm furious. And besides, doesn't everybody eat at McDonald's at one time or another? And I always have to bring up again, once a month, for the past six months, butter has gone up. Every time I go shopping, I do it once a month. It is more expensive this month than it was last month. That's weird, because price of corn hasn't gone up. At least my scratch feed hasn't gone up. And I've said this before on the show, for eight sticks of butter, I'm paying $7.82. Well, you know, if, it, if they have a problem getting enough grains to feed their dairy cows... That'll do it. If you had something that, like, put some dairy businesses out of business, well, that'll do it. There's a lot of things that are affected, it's, but mostly it's supply and demand and uh, the amount of money it takes to truck it to wherever it's going. But the price of gas has come down. I know. There is also a, there's also a bleed over time before anything happens. Before prices go down? Yeah, obviously. It's not like, oh, they're playing the commodities market. Gas is down. Let's lower cheese. It's not like that. <laughs> Cheese is going up too. Ugh, egads. <laughs> Those goats are looking much, much better now. I think I, there's goats in our future. I wasn't sure I was going to bother because too much milk for us. But 
the way prices are going up in cheese and milk, I'll make my own cheese, I'll make my own butter, and I'll drink my own milk. But that's the point that you're trying to get out to the folks, that they keep saying we're doing fine, and no, we're not. They do not calculate food or energy into inflation anymore. They removed it in this administration. Well, if they don't count it, and it's the one thing that just keep going up, and it's the two things we need most is energy and food, which is really energy. So energy. And so it affects us the most in so many ways, but directly. Again, this the government plays Obamanist math, progressive math. Common uh, core, common core math. Uh, it's just like, oh, look, unemployment rates down to blah, 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 blah. That's the lowest it's been since. It's a shell, it's a shell game just like the other. They don't count people once they're no longer getting paid unemployment. They drop off the rolls and they're no longer counted. They're still out of work. They don't count the ones that get part-time work either. And they also don't take into account when people had to take less money to go back to work or in a different field. But, you know, they just go, okay, let's so how many people do we pay unemployment to? Well, that's about this money. It's about 5.8%. Good. Let's go with that. We'll use that number. Just the ones we're paying unemployment to, okay? Well, you know, this is what's happening. You know, it isn't Obamanus' work because he's just a puppet, but he's the, he's the front guy, as they say, so he, he gets the pie in the face. I, you know, we're waking up, and it's going to get nasty before it gets better. But just keep working the plan. I know how many of you are out there doing that, and I really appreciate it. Please just start, keep the plan from the ground up. Don't get ahead of yourself. If you skip ahead, you'll blow it. Um, and it takes time for the American people to be able to be educated in what the heck the Constitution means, how that is not it, the constitutional government. That's not the government that's supposed to be there. And no, the Supreme Court doesn't decide whether it should have the power either. Well, the Supreme Court said the Supreme Court has the power, so the Supreme Court must have the power. <laughs> well, all right, then. <laughs> that's pretty much the arguments I get on the other side. So I, I know it, I'm, I comicalized it, but, you know. It's always fun to comicalize things. Okay, moving right along to Susan pushing the button while she's blink clickety clacking. <laughs> yes, I will push a button. And now from Hezbollah Toys, just in time for Ramadan, the good and peaceful people at Wacky.com and Hezbollah bring you the Jihad Joe action figure. Pull his string, and he shouts, Allah Akbar, and kill the infidels. Pull it again, and Jihad begins to sweat profusely, and screams, Everyone back up, or I will blow myself up. On the third pull, Jihad Joe shouts, I am serious. On the fourth and final pull, Jihad Joe begins to say something we cannot quite make out before exploding in a dazzling and immensely gratifying display of holy fire and smoke. For added fun, dress Jihad in a burqa before detonation. Get your Jihad Joe today. Supplies are limited, and once they are gone, thank Allah they are gone. Coming soon, Parker Barbie. <laughs> Stick that in your political correct pipe and smoke it. And that, of course, means it's time for the Fuzzy Muzzy Report. Unfortunately, it meets the United Nations. 
from World Net Daily. Where, oh, where have the Muslim migrants gone? Oh, where, oh, where can they be? That is the question German authorities are asking themselves after some troubling reports of disappearances. I'm less worried about disappearances than I am of appearances, if you know what I'm saying. They're taking over Europe. This is bad news. If Europe falls, what's next? Uh, it's going to be Asia, and after Asia, it's us. That's that's what's that's the natural progression of the Islamic cancer. I don't think Germany has a chance in hell. What watch watch what happens over the next six to eight months in Europe, in the eurozone, especially in Germany, especially because they have stupidly opened their arms to these people. And treat them, give them everything they want. And so they're not even, no longer interested in going to any other place than Germany. How many millions will it take before everybody's a Muslim? That's the question. All right, according to German press reports, keeping track of all the Mohammeds. Mohammedans, you mean? or just the Mohammeds and Ali's, party across borders is proving ever so tricky for European countries being flooded with people on the move from the Middle East and Africa. Now the United Nations is partnering with a private company to offer a solution, a new universal identification system that will comply with the United Nations sustainability goal of getting legal biometric IDs that include iris scans, photographs, and fingerprints into the hands of everyone in the world by the year 2030. Biometric UN, and it said everybody by 2030. It didn't say except the United States of America. Now, did it? They've been part of trying to push this RFID on us for a long time. And I remember there was a law in the books, if you didn't do RFID, you would lose your highway funds. All of a sudden, though, everything got quiet, and I haven't heard anything about it. And that that makes me nervous. Of course, Agenda 21 being the sustainable developmental nonsense um, that maybe even your local municipality has partnered with the United Nations, which is illegal under the Constitution. It's just so special how, how we just find all ways to violate the Constitution. But a hard break. we got to go. It's your cooperative radio show. You stay tuned. We'll be back. Stuart Shepard, this is Stoplight. If you change a light bulb, you get a new light. If you change a tire, you get a new tire. If you change a baby, 
You keep the baby, you get a new diaper. Right? That's right. But now you can apparently run for president without knowing how to make change. You understand that in this election, the greatest risk we can take is to try the same old politics with the same old players and expect a different result. The change we need doesn't come from Washington. Change comes to Washington. Leon Panetta, Obama's pick for CIA, was chief of staff under Bill Clinton. The same old politics. Rahm Emanuel, Obama's chief of staff, was a senior advisor under Bill Clinton. With the same old players. Robert Reich, one of Obama's economy gurus, was Secretary of Labor under Bill Clinton. The same old politics. Eric Holder, Obama's pick for Attorney General, was Deputy Attorney General under Bill Clinton. Carol Browner, Obama's global warming guru, ran the EPA under Bill Clinton. Susan Rice, Obama's pick for the UN, was an Assistant Secretary of State under Bill Clinton. The same old politics with the same old players. Ironically, one person who did not have any truly official position in the Clinton administration is Obama's pick for Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton. I can't wait to see what hope means. You, you keep the baby and you get a new diaper. I sound like Mr. Radio Guy. Does that sound bad to you? Yeah. Dr. King was a real man. You know he was a Republican. Dr. King, a Republican? Democrats passed those black codes and Jim Crow laws. Democrats started the Ku Klux Klan. White hoods and sheets? Democrats fought all civil rights legislation from the 1860s to the 1960s. Democrats released those vicious dogs and fire hoses on blast. Seriously? And the Dixiecrats remained Democrats and vowed to vote for a yellow dog before a Republican. Republicans freed us from slavery and put our right to vote in the Constitution. What? Republicans started the NAACP, Affirmative Action, and the HBCU. Sounds like Democrats have bamboozled blacks. Democrats blocked the minimum wage passed by Republicans, and over $200 billion have been spent on education, health care, and job training since President Bush took office. So Democrats want to keep us poor while voting only Democrats. Democrats want us to accept same-sex marriages, teen abortions without a parent's consent, and suing the Boy Scouts for saying God in their pledge. See, we need to think and vote on our own values. Exactly. Democrats have talked the talk, but the Republicans have walked the walk. Girl, it's time for us to do, do the, the walk. walk. <laughs> This is Jeff Carlisi from the band 38 Special. On behalf of all my conservative rocker friends, I'd like to thank the brave members of our fine armed forces for putting their lives on the line every day to protect our liberty. Thank you. King Samir Shabazz is the new Black Panther Party's Philadelphia leader. This new Panther version of black power does not include white participation. I hate white people. All of them. Every last iota of a cracker, I hate it. We didn't come out here to play today. There's too much serious business going on in the black community to be out here sliding through South Street with white, dirty, cracker whore on our arm, and we call ourselves black men with African garb on. What the hell is wrong with you, black man? You had a doom day with a white girl on your damn arm. You want freedom? You're going to have to kill some crackers. You're going to have to kill some of their babies. Do you know a soldier in need of an angel? Would you like to be an angel to a soldier in need? Then you should visit www.soldiersangels.org. Since 2003, Soldiers Angels has supported thousands of American service members stationed wherever we raise our country's flag and the number is growing daily. 
They also work with our wounded soldiers, giving them backpacks filled with needed items, personal visits, phone calls, etc. Additionally, they send our thanks via letters and email to the military of Great Britain, Poland, and Australia who serve by our soldiers' side in Iraq. Soldiers' Angels are dedicated to ensuring that our military know they are loved and supported during and after their deployment into harm's way. So sign up to be an angel today, or send an angel to a soldier in need. Visit www.soldiersangels.org. This has been a public service announcement from the Uncooperative Radio Show. Welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show. All right. What are we doing now? We're still talking about the United Nations and Fuzzy Muzzies. So everyone in the world, everybody, oh, before I say that, welcome back to Hour 2 of the Uncooperative Radio Show. Uh, offers hope for the UN society. Sustainable development goal of getting legal ID into the hands of everyone in the world by the year 2030 with its identification for development initiative. They've changed it now. It's ID4D. Yes, ID4D. You don't get it, do you? ID4D? No? Identification for development initiative, ID4D. As author, blogger Pamela Geller noted this week, citing German press reports, more than one in two refugees from one camp went missing and are now unaccounted for and considered on the run. How could they be on the run? What are they, slaves? They're on the run. At least 580 refugees initially were reported to have disappeared from camp Schleif. <laughs> I swear it's Schleif. I'm sure that means safe shelter. In German, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure. Now in a terrible new twist, the disappearances are spreading. It's become an epidemic. They'll all break out in little camps where they're trying to kill you. 7,000 migrants have left the Brandenburg shelters. Where are they going? Who is sheltering these illegals? Many with ties to ISIS? Such a high number of people hiding is completely unacceptable, according to the German authorities. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> Where are they hiding? Could they be connecting with sleeper cells, Geller writes. Is it any wonder that Europeans are scrambling for guns, Geller added? Where would Europeans get guns? No, don't put buying any of my guns. You make my prices go up. Buying guns in America. Anyway, price on firearms, if you didn't know, is down. Price on ammo, if you can call it down, is down. Uh, but I don't know how long it's going to stay down. If Hitler, the next election, starts cackling about taking away guns and uh, responsible registration and blah, 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 blah. Uh, then they're all going to make a run on the gun stores like they did with Obaminus. And the price is going to go right back up again. Or maybe Hitlery won't get it, and maybe it'll be obvious that the pe- person who's going to get it is is 
pro-unalienable right instead of anti-unalienable right. Yes, that's the way I choose to portray it because that is the actual vision of what is happening. <sighs> yeah, I know. Oh, it's the Brady bit, the Brady gun safety. Keep telling everybody, there's over 22,000 gun laws on the books in the United States of America, and none of that helps stop anything. So how about just enough with the, the laws already, the rubber band, please, thick rubber band so you don't break it too fast. Snap that wrist, snap that wrist, snap that wrist until you no longer think government's the answer for anything. Some of you, that's going to take a long time. Uh, anyway, um, blah, 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 blah. Referencing a report by World Net Daily earlier this week that long guns are flying off the shelves in Austria and other countries where it's still legal for average citizens to buy, well, at least long guns. That's why they're, they said long guns. That's how they, that's how they refer to it when they call it in too, to the, to the FBI for the Nix check. Yeah, they, they, they don't say rifle, shotgun. They say long gun. See, they, they just borrowed from the Canadian law. Uh, anyway, so they have long guns. They can't buy handguns, but they can get rifles and shotguns and stuff. And they're flying off the shelves in Austria and other countries where it's still legal. Die Welt is reporting that thousands of refugees have left their assigned accommodations. They are simply not there anymore. The news out. It sounds like a Doctor Who episode. You got Doctor Who on the brain because we started watching. We're having like a mini marathon. Yeah, I'm not real happy with the new Doctor Who yet. They often take a time to get used to, but I don't know. This one's so gray, down, pressing. It's a real Nietzschean lover. Um, okay, they are simply not there anymore, the news outlet reports. Refugees disappear daily from the initial welcoming centers in Brandenburg, Without giving notice. Oh, why would they give you notice? Authorities said they believe the missing persons to be heading on their own to stay with family or friends already in Germany or in other countries throughout Europe. Or at least that's the hope. Well, you shouldn't hope because all those little enclaves is muzzy, fuzzy, muzzies. They're all going to, as soon as they're strong enough, take you over and chop your head off. No, not chop. They will painstakingly cut your head off. Uh, where am I? Uh, eventually, these refugees are simply not there anymore, he said. On Wednesday alone, more than 600 people left the welcoming center. Susan Fisher, the deputy ministry spokeswoman, reported to the newspaper, why would you have a welcoming center for people invading your country? How stupid are you? You should have seen the picture that was with this article. They're like Bleeding chanting. heart Europeans. I, you know, look, look, it's unbelievable. When the Crusades happened, the Fuzzy Muzzies had to fight their way into Europe. They're being welcome into yep. Europe. And they're still doing the same thing, taking you over. It's beyond mark belief. My words, listeners, mark them. They are there to take over Europe. Mark my words. I will, unfortunately, be proven correct. According to official figures of the State Department that doesn't know squat, more than 17,000 newcomers came into the country since early September. 
About 7,800 have been housed in cities and villages. About 2,700 people are still in the initial reception centers. That leaves at least 7,000 who have left and are AWOL. This is you can't be AWOL because they don't need your leave to walk away. They're human beings. They don't have to stay where you tell them to stay. Again, that's why AWOL. they... Absent without leave is a military term. They, that's why, that's why all these, uh, progs want no borders. So you can just walk back and forth wherever you want well, to go. Well, let's, let's they have that in Europe, so, the Eurozone, so let's see how that works out for them. That's against the law for them to stop anybody from traveling anywhere within the Eurozone. Did you know that? That's right. This is a gigantic, just watch it. It's, it's, if we watch it, we'll learn and we'll stop. And that won't happen to us. But if we don't watch it, we won't learn, and we won't stop. A report from German news outlet Faz.net headlined, Refugees Disappearing from Lodging, says around 700 refugees disappeared from emergency accommodations in Lower Saxony. It's weird that they still use those names. It's, uh, yeah, watching the old movies about Robin Hood and such with Lower Saxony. Voices calling for a direct registration by the governmental agencies are getting louder. National authorities required cities and towns in the region to accommodate 4,000 on, sh on short notice and now can't account for all of them. Germany's welcome, Matt, setting the stage. Paul McGuire, analysis who has appeared on Fox News and the History Channel and co-author of the new book, the Babylon Code, Solving the Bible's Greatest End Times Mystery, says the heavy influx of Muslim migrants almost assures there will be another terrorist attack at least as big as what happened in Paris earlier this year at the Charlie Hebdo newspaper office. Remember, Charlie Hebdo was the comic artist who made fun of Muhammad, and of course, everybody must die. He said sources... Germany tell him the majority of the nearly 1 million migrants who have streamed into the country are between 18 and 25. There's no way they could be this stupid and let this many in. It has the look of something intentionally said. I'm getting emails from people in Germany. They know this is being done on purpose to destroy their villages and towns. McGuire said he was in France just a few days after the Charlie Hebdo attack. They were sitting ducks, and the people of France were completely shocked, he said. So they're setting the stage for another attack. McGuire said the leaders of the global hardcore left, such as billionaire philanthropist George Soros, are using the Muslim migrants as a battering ram against the walls of the Christian West. Hungary Prime Minister Viktor Orban was quoted by a public radio outlet this week calling out Soros for his backing of the migrant invasion, saying, His name is perhaps the strongest example of those who support anything that weakens nation-states. They support everything that changes the traditional European lifestyle. These activists who support immigrants inadvertently become part of this international human smuggling network. McGuire said the Muslim migrants are particularly useful to socialists, globalists like Soros. They are like a bludgeoning group. They can bludgeon everything Christian out of our society, he said. 
The hard left accuses them because they demand all those all these laws and special accommodations, and inevitably they enact Sharia and force the culture to go into retreat. And then you have this weak Christianity that can't withstand anything. And that is their game plan, always has been throughout the centuries, and it always has worked. Driving the New World Order? I think so. McGuire sees a perfect storm brewing in which global authorities will need to keep better track of people, especially refugees. But the new rules will end up applying to everyone. So these migrants are coming to drive the New World Order, to bring order out of chaos, he said. You destroy nationalism, destroy social cohesion, and then these Muslim groups come in, will create a crisis, and force a response that will feature a state crackdown and the need for heightened security. And one of the ways to do that is through universal IDs. It's just evil. Well, evil is on the rise. A large portion of Germany's missing refugees had not been registered, nor had they applied for asylum, which is a recipe for chaos. The local authorities point out that they have no authority to hold people. The same rules apply to refugees sent from third world to American cities. Once they are resettled in a city, whether it's Denver or Minneapolis, Des Moines or Detroit, they are free to migrate anywhere in the United States. The refugees are placed on a fast track to full citizenship and signed up for various welfare benefits by resettlement agencies affiliated with the Catholic, Lutheran, Episcopal, Jewish and evangelical Christian organizations. A congressional research study found that 91% of refugees from the Middle East receive food stamps. 91%. But they're not entitled to it, Obama has said. They can't have any social service. That's what Obama has said. Local politician Angelica Johns criticized the current situation in Germany. We need to know who is staying in Lower Saxony, she told Die Welt. She said the refugees should be registered as soon as they arrive in Lower Saxony, but they are not forced to do so by the German national government. The problem of refugees gone missing is clearly on the radar of global elites. And in fact, they are already using the refugee crisis to promote a sweeping new global ID system. Well, Natalie has learned. The United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees in May 2015 awarded a three-year contract to a firm called Accenture to identify and track refugees in a pilot program targeting camps in Africa, Asia, with a new biometric ID. Reports, findbiometrics.com. In okay. case you need to find your biometrics, findbiometrics.com. Now, the other person that's reporting on this in this manner is Michael Savage. And he is pointing to all these groups that are getting money for this. Companies are Making jumping money. on the bandwagon for these damn refugees. Who, yeah, because who's going to house them? They are. Who's going to feed them? They are. Who's going to make money? They are. FindBiometrics.com, a trade journal covering the biometric and information management industries. Accenture is an international technology services provider based in Chicago. Here is how Find Biometrics describes the pro everything in Chicago is 
just turned to crap except pizza. I'm willing to bet their pizza's gone to crap, too. Why? Because they're just the progs, man. They, they don't know how to run a proper business. They can't make a decent pizza. They're always trying to buy the cheapest of everything. So here is how Find Biometrics describes the project. The UNHCR will use architecture's biometric identity management system, BIMS. Boy, this is starting to sound like Terminator, isn't it? For the endeavor. Oh, for the endeavor. BIMS can be used to collect facial, IRS, and fingerprint biometric data. and will also be used to provide many refugees with their only form of official documentation. Yeah, well, you're going to stick a camera up here on my mountain to try and keep track of me? That'd be an expensive camera. <laughs> uh, the system will work in conjunction with Accenture's unique identity service platform, UISP. Now it's starting to sound like Continuum. To send this information back to a central database in Geneva, allowing UNHCR officials all over the world to effectively coordinate with the central UNHCR authority in tracking refugees. All right, now you're going to have to clarify Continuum because they know what the Terminator is. Oh, they, they, they must watch the TV show Continuum. But what was the premise? That's why it made you sound like it, of Continuum. Oh, well, because they had all these new technological things that are supposed to make their lives better and more easy, and it, and it eventually enslaved them. And it's a time travel story. But oh, that's the important part. The the technology ends up, when they finally look up, there's no liberty left. There's there's nothing but the state. And so people were sent back to fix that. And it's kind of complicated because they're the bad guys, but they're the, they're the ones trying to stop the corporate takeover of the world. So they're the good guys. But wait a minute, they're the bad guys. The cops are the good guy. No, the cops are the bad guy. Oh, I'm getting confused. That's continuum. All right. Oh, and there's a really brilliant guy. Uh, uh, what 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 else did he play on? I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else as a kid. Anyway, I like it. It's a good story. If you don't mind watching yet again another Law and Order cop story, because uh, everything's about police and Law and Order, isn't it? <laughs> it's every show. Oh no, what's that? The UNHCR. Oh, I did that. BIMS. Blah blah blah. Uh, allowing HCR to co effectively coordinate with central UNHCR authority in tracking refugees, starting with a pilot project in the Zaleka refugee camp in Malawi. Malawi. Wow. That's got to be like an Indonesia or something. The program has blossomed over the last couple of years to provide services in refugee camps in Thailand and Chad, with over 220,000 people identified in the two countries so far. It's an ambitious project, but Accenture has experience with large-scale biometric systems initiatives, having helped the Department of Homeland Security's Office of Biometric Identity Management with a major border control project, for example. Did you know that the Department of Homeland Security had an Office of Biometric nope. Identity Management? No, we did not. With and a border control project? Wow. But all the cameras that are on the border that we paid for are garbage. They don't work. So how's this going to help? You know, the last report from World Net Daily was telling us how this all set into motion, that this is going to be the last push.
for world governance. Remember, we did it like last week or the week before. Oh, this ain't going to be the last push. Uh-uh. No, they'll push as long as it takes. But this is part of it. The, these, this is the end game, if you will. They're trying to tie up loose ends. They're trying to start work the king back into, into a position of checkmate. That's, that's what's happening right now. We're just we're the underdog fighting it off. We've lost most of our pieces, but we're not going to give up till the bitter end. Okay. And for all the people that don't play chess, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> With that chess analogy. Yes. <laughs> I know. I shouldn't be laughing, but if you don't laugh, you're just going to cry. This is unbelievable what is going on. I never, ever thought I would live through something like this. No, I did not either. I mean, I seriously didn't see this coming. Well, I didn't see it coming a long time ago. I've been seeing this coming for a while now. It's all we've been talking about. Everything we're talking about is, is really leading to this. You understand what's going on locally. This is why it's going on locally, and this is why they're ramping it up, because it's time. They've put a limit on it, 2030. All right, so... uh. uh. This last endeavor will see the company's technology used in an important humanitarian efforts. I'm just reading it the way they built it. And in fact, it seems to have helped, already helped hundreds of thousands. Oh. UN Agenda 2030. No longer Agenda 21, it's Agenda 2030. Yes, we reported on that. They changed the name. Yeah, well... Actually, this is different than Agenda 21, but tied in. It's all about sustainable development. It's all you have to know. Whatever label they throw on it, sustainable development is their way of getting you into a cattle car. That's what it. That's what it's about. Got it? They're going to take all our liberties away. We're not going to have anything. Uh, now I'm going to be told what to do, who do, who to marry, who to have children with. I don't. It, it, there's no end to what they're going to do. Once people get this much power, they just keep. They just keep going. They never stop. Well, until there's nobody left to torture or the people rise up and overthrow. So they've helped hundreds of thousands become slaves. This universal ID, which grabs the biometric data of refugees, is just a starting point for the United Nations. The goal is to eventually bring all people into a massive data bank. The proof is in the UN's own documents. The UN Agenda 2030 document, adopted by 193 of the world's heads of state, all 190 of them being tyrannical dictators. I just like to point that out, just so we know. Including President Caesar Baracus Obamanus, and of course, you cannot, that is a treaty. And they better not try and do to this treaty what they did to the last treaty, or there's going to end up being a violent uprising. We don't want that. I think they want that. Right now, it'd be put. We'd be put in a position of moving too soon. It's just, it's too soon. If they if they climb, the, it's we don't have the states back yet. But. The plan still helps up until that point. Then we can always tinker with the plan, can't we? I mean, I've already got some plans worked out, contingency plans for what will happen if the government, the federal government moves before we're ready. But There's they haven't moved yet. 
for me to tip my hand. I am not tipping my hand to anybody because then they'll know what to expect. No. There's no way for them to reverse this. How are they going to get rid of all these people now? The Inquisition. Remember the Spanish Inquisition? That's what it was for, get rid of muzzies. It's simple now. You don't need this. When you find them, you take a DNA swab, you check the DNA. If it's Arab, bye-bye. That's what it's going to come down. It's going to come down on all Arabs. It's the only way to do it. you got to do it genetically. And genetically, nobody's a Muslim genetically. It's not a race. Although, we do call them throughout history Mohammedans. So you might... I don't know if you were aware of that or not. That's that's their official name, Mohammedans. Or sometimes with a D, Mohammedans. It's, I guess, how it was pronounced. That's why there's two spellings. But That's a, you know, I'm sorry. That's what no one understands. The Spanish Inquisition was not about witches. It wasn't about Presbyterians, the Protestants. It was about fuzzy muzzies. The problem was, the directive was to get rid of the infidels, and some local uh, inquisitors uh, decided that Christian, other Christian sects besides Catholic were included in the infidel list because they did consider anyone who broke from the Catholic Church, they, could, they called them infidels. And they said, and so when they told them to get rid of the infidels, meaning that they were referring to the Mohammedans, they took it one step further and said, I, I hate these Protestants, let's get rid of them. And that's how that came about. That wasn't a, I did not come up from on high the Catholic Church. That was local bad actors. And you know what we say about power. And back then, they had a lot of power, the church, because uh, they actually were advisors to all the crown governments. That's why they didn't take to England kicking them out, and hence why France and England kept fighting each other. Because it was really all about Catholic versus Protestant. But we'll talk about more on the other side of the break. It's Young Cooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. You live here? Yeah. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems a certain voodoo priest who, who have the power to bring him back to life. Horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes, walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? Grandma, can you come out and play? Sure, Ellie. Oh, my. You might want to come here and help Grandma. What's the matter, Grandma? Can't you stand? Oh, sorry, honey. It's my knees. They don't work the way they used to. Does this ever happen to you? Are you on Medicare? You may qualify for a pain-relieving knee brace at little or no cost to you. Call the health hotline to see if you qualify. Our friendly agents are standing by 24-7 to help you. We also have braces for your shoulder, ankle, or back pain. And if you're covered by Medicare, you may qualify for free delivery. Grandma, slow down. I can't keep up. Maybe you can use a knee brace too, Ellie. (laughs) Catch me if you can, kiddo. Call now to get your pain-relieving knee brace. 800-368-6704. 800-368-6704. 800-368-6704. That's 800-368-6704. 
Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $3. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 40 blue pills or 40 yellow pills for $99 and add four more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call 800-764-9168 and get your 44 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800 764 800-764-9168. That's 800-764-9168. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813 800-215-6813 This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. If you are successful at what you do, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a business owner, or you have a great career, you understand the concept of protecting yourself. Well, are you protecting yourself, your family, and your assets with quality term life insurance? Consider these possible rates. A man age 45 non-tobacco user could obtain $1 million of coverage for as little as $75 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 10 years. We specialize in policy of $500,000 and above. A man age 50, non-tobacco user, may be able to obtain $500,000 of coverage for as little as $115 a month. And this rate is fixed for the next 20 years. We have great rates for smokers, too. Call the Term Lifeline now. 800 430 Back to the Cooperative Radio Show. Okay, so I'm going to clarify, Infidel, because you completely confused me when you said that the Christians were rooting out people that are infidels during the um, Spanish, Inquisition. Spanish Inquisition. So I looked it up because, as far as I know, I only heard that term used for describing us who do not believe in Islam. And this is from... Everybody needs to remember that Islam didn't exist till 6th century A.D. 
That's six thousand. That's five thousand years after Jesus was born. That's exactly what. So they stole that as well because we're an infidel. Yes, they did. This is a dictionaryreference.com, and the first thing it says under infidel is a person who does not accept a particular faith, especially Christianity. Right, and more more accurately, Catholic. Back at the time, infidels were anybody who wasn't Catholic. It wasn't like, oh, well, Christians all held hands. No, they didn't. <laughs> Different uh, sects didn't get along with other sects. That's the way it was. So we could, and it also says a person who has no religious faith, an unbeliever. So we can call anybody that doesn't believe in a religion, like the... Uh, Atheist? Yeah. Atheist, that's the word I was looking for. We can call them infidels, too. Yep. You know, why do all these progs keep taking our words? It's it's a game they like to play. You know, like gay and take... It's a game they like to play. I will, I will point out, though, they haven't changed the label, Islam, which literally translates into submit. All right, so on the UN Agenda 2030 document adopted by 193 of the world's heads of state, including our Caesar... At the September the 25th UN Conference on Sustainability in New York includes 17 goals and dozens of targets. Target 16.9 under the goal of peace, justice, and strong institutions reads as follows. By 2030, provide legal identity for all, including birth registration. The goal, peace, justice, and strong institutions. Strong institutions. That's a statist statement right there. You know, we want weak institutions, really. Weak, weak government. Reads as follows. By 2030, provide legal identity for all, including birth registration. The World Bank is also throwing its weight behind the United Nations biometric project being conducted by Accenture. The whole, all those organizations are only created up there as a world government. Why wouldn't they go along with it? What a profoundly ridiculous thing for someone to write who's we're supposed to take seriously. In a new report issued in collaboration with Accenture, the World Bank is calling on governments to work together to implement standardized, cost-effective identity management solutions, according to, you guessed it, findbiometrics.com. A summary of the report states that about 1.8 billion adults around the world lack any kind of official identification. That can exclude those individuals from access to essential services. Oh, we wouldn't want them to get not get any of our money. We want to give them. We're so desperate to give our money away. It can also cause serious difficulties when it comes to trans-border identification, according to, you guessed it, findbiometrics.com. That problem is one that Accenture has been tackling in collaboration with the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees. High Commissioner, which has been issuing Accenture developed biometric identity cards to populations of displaced persons in refugee camps in Thailand, South Sudan, and elsewhere. And these people are going to take it. It's not like they're going to say, no, I don't want this. Well, what difference does it make? The problem is they're going to give it to us. I, they can pop all the refugees they want. But that's not their goal. The goal clearly stated everybody in the world 
they will have this information on yeah, but it I, by 2030. It's against the Constitution for you to make me do anything. So I say no. Oh, really? Obamacare. I rest my case. I still say no. Well, you can say no all you want, then you get fined. See, then I go to jail. That's right, but you don't have you don't have the right not to go to jail for not listening but following the law. It's an unconstitutional law. It does every not exist. law in the books is pretty much an unconstitutional damn law. We forgot to tell them to turn down their radio. I don't tell people when I'm getting as loud. It's called emotion. The ID cards are important for helping to ensure that refugees can have access to services and for keeping track of refugee populations. I don't think you're going to get us on the services because unlike Europeans, we could give a rat's behind about these mutts coming in here. And I, yeah, I'm calling them mutts for a good reason. That's what they are. Yeah, but mutts are good. Yeah, it's dogs, yes. Right. But that's it. Moreover, the nature of the deployments has required an economically feasible solution and has demonstrated that reliable biometric ID cards can affordably be used on a large scale. What cracks me up is we've been trying to get voter ID cards passed in this country for, I can't tell you how long, over a decade. And we're always told by the left, you can't do that. Oh, my God, it'll put to burn. Well, what are the... <laughs> What about this burden, huh? That's a little higher standard of burden than just getting a picture ID card, isn't it? Why are they fighting a picture ID? Because they're not ready to let us vote because it's not time yet. They they got to keep this illusion of you having an actual, you actually have anything to say about what the government does and uh, that you have any liberty left at all. It won't be till just just the drones that all they want to do is go to work, come home, watch a ball game, not get involved in politics at all, and really doesn't do anything, doesn't have any activities that the government would care to restrict. They won't notice the change at all, really, because their life is pretty well humdrum to begin with. This is how it always works out. Always works out to someone just sitting around saying, ah, it doesn't affect me, it doesn't affect me. And everybody gets taken away. No, and sometimes they don't come from them because they're all that's left. Anyway, uh, final admission by the World Bank that the new biometric IDs are, oh, what did I just say? Are not just for refugees. Moreover, the nature of the deployments has required an economically feasible solution and has demonstrated that reliable biometric ID cards can affordably be used on a large scale. It offers hope for the UN's sustainable development goal of getting legal ID into the hands of everyone in the world by the year... Why can't they have ID to vote? For God's sakes! Look, this is not just a picture ID. This is big brother land, for goodness sakes. Stop the nonsense! They'll, but wait, when these biomet, when the UN's ready to get us on these cards, you watch the government push these cards. If they even have to, uh, they might just turn your driver's license into one, which has the, been their plan. You might have remembered that they already have a law about driver's licenses, RFID cards. I think the only reason they didn't have to actually enact them everywhere. It is because of a lawsuit, but don't 
not that it'll matter anyway when they finally decide they want to do it. The courts will either be uh, right along or be stifled. Stifle yourself, Edith. All right. It is a serious problem for the authorities. Oh, wait, I didn't finish the last part. With its identification for development, ID4D initiative. It is a serious problem for the authorities that many thousands of people are on their way to their own in the federal territory, Decker told DeWalt. He said refugees might be registered multiple times as the registration is based on information given by registrants, which almost always come without any papers. Oh, then it must be accurate. The same guy that is Muhammad Ali here in Eisenhuttenstadt can be Ali Mohammed a little bit later in Hamburg, Decker said. The states must live with that for the time being because a proper registration at the border is currently not in sight. Once the UN's biometric labeling of all humanity is in place, this will no longer be a problem. Obviously, voter ID won't be a problem anymore either, right? It'll be magical. The minute this happens... Black people everywhere will no longer have a problem getting ID cards. Even though they don't have a problem now. They tell you they do, but they don't. Anyone who wants one can get one for free. Picture ID card from the government. Anybody, anybody, anybody. Well, anybody who has the right paperwork. This this crap is just like this guy said. This is Soros driving it, but this is more of a... This is more of a driving a wedge right through the front lines, boy. These, because of all the proggy niceness. Oh, you can't treat them badly. If they come here, they need help. We must feed them, house them, clothe them, and give them medical and dental. And their kids have to have education. Oh, oh, food stamps and 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 stuff for for pregnancy, oh, milk and cheese and stuff. Oh yeah, and and on and on it goes. Well, In other gonna... words, come here and live off the rest of us people that actually work for a living for the rest of your life. That's what's happening in Europe right now and in this country. But this is happening on a much bigger scale uh, in Germany than it is in the United States. And I mean per capita wise. <laughs> you know, Manhattan Island has about 2 million people on it. How big? How big is all of Germany? How many people actually live in all of Germany? Now, start to act, add up the percentages. You'll notice that they're climbing well above, I feel comfortable about having this many people come into my country out of nowhere because they're taking us over, we're not taking them over. And that's what's happening. Well, and there's two other points that I want to make. Once they give, if if they, they're giving these cards to the refugees that are in Europe, What's to stop them from giving them to the ones here because they're not citizens? Nothing's to stop them from doing anything. You know what I'm saying? And then once they You're give You're assuming them they can't do it for citizens. Oh, well, who's to stop them? They're the United Nations. They don't do that. They have other people do it. The government does it for them. They don't do it. Exactly. But then these refugees have these cards and everyone gets used to them. Like they're nothing. We and are going to... What did I just say? I said it. The story said it. It's kind of it's here in America. Part of this story, I was quoting what was happening in the United States of America. 
But we, what was it the one before? And I can't forget. But we, as United States citizens, have the right to tell our government no. Ah, ah, you should have the right to tell your government no. But didn't we tell them no for Obamacare? Last time I remember, we have Obamacare. That government doesn't listen to us, and even more frighteningly, the people running Caesar have realized that they can do whatever they want, and they don't need Congress. And and you haven't done anything about it, which reinforces the fact that you're not going to, and they're going to push back harder. And they're going to keep pushing until we push back. So I suggest you start pushing now rather than wait till the very last minute, because it's a lot easier to deal with now than later down the road. This is a can you don't want to kick down the road. Because the can gets heavier and bigger. All of you, I love the way they put that labeling of all humanity. Oh, the humanity. Yeah, that's all, folks. I actually have a little soundbite to play. Oh, yeah? Uh huh. Push the button. Watch out for that voice step, Mac. It's a Lulu. Thanks, Bugs. All right, of course, it's time for the loony, still can't spell toony, global warming report. That's tunny. I changed it in the beginning. I didn't change it at this. I changed it in the beginning of the copy. I didn't change it here. I don't read the beginning of the copy. You do. <laughs> I know. I'm well aware. You know, some things are actual words that they're not going to underline when you misspell because it's actually tunny is a word. I don't know where you would use tunny, <laughs> but it's obviously a word. <laughs> or maybe it doesn't pay attention to capital letters. <laughs> Did you just tell him what the segment was or you just rambled on about tunny? I told him. <laughs> pay attention, woman. So <laughs> the Looney Tooney Global Warming Report, and this is from Fox News. Even as the Obamanist administration announces another $120 million in grants to boost solar energy, New reports indicate a centerpiece of the administration's green energy effort is actually a carbon polluter. What? <laughs> he does, now that's ironic, Alanis. He does a cold show, folks, so he never knows what I'm going to give him. So he's as surprised as you are. I'm as, I'm as what? As surprised as they are. Located in Southern California's Mojave Desert, the $2.2 billion Ivanpah Solar Electric Generating System benefited from a $1.6 billion Energy Department loan guarantee and a $539 million Treasury Department stimulus grant to help pay off the loan. You just realize what just happened there, right? <laughs> $1.6 billion Energy Department loan guarantee. Okay, so they take out the loan. And a $539 million Treasury Department stimulus grant to help them pay off the loan. You do realize that this is like now, bordering on illegal. <laughs> it, it, it's look, like money, money laundering. It is money laundering. It's, a, <laughs> it's political money laundering. It's what they do with the universities, too, with these speaking fees. It's all just money being, government money being moved around, which means it's your money. Man, I gotta tape that cord or something. But anyway, I'm in the Mojave Desert now. Yeah, this carbon 
It is producing carbon emissions at nearly twice the amount that compels power plants and companies to participate in the state's cap-and-trade program. States cannot go into agreements with foreign countries. It's in the Constitution. I'm going to have to read Article 10 now. But Article 1, Section 10. 8. No, no 8 you already did. Right, 9. 9. 9. All right. Um, that's because the plant relies on natural gas as a supplementary fuel. According to the Riverside Press Enterprise, the plant burned enough natural gas in 2014 to emit 47,000 metric tons of carbon dioxide. But Ivanpah, while in the cap-and-trade program, is still considered a renewable energy source because it technically produces most of its energy from solar. It's mostly, mostly solar. Built by Bright Source Energy, Inc. and operated by NRG Energy, the Ivan Park project has been mired in controversy from the start. Taxpayer advocates object to the federal support. Well, they should. It's illegal. Oh, we read to you that in 8. Remember, how are they supposed to help science and education and culture? Through copyrights, patents, and trademarks. They're securing their intellectual property. That's how they promote. It doesn't mean you get to use that the national government can promote by giving money away. No, no, nothing in the Constitution allows the Treasury, uh, the uh, Congress to dip into the Treasury for fill in the blank. Man, you fill in the blank, almost 100% of everything they do, you'd be right. Environmentalists say it would hurt the endangered desert tortoise and lament that 3,500 birds were fried by the heat produced by the plant in its first year. But the natural gas factor raises the fundamental question of whether this plant or others are undercutting their own green energy gains by emitting carbon pollution in the process while not producing anywhere near the level of electricity of a regular power plant. Where are the progs? Where are the environmentalists? Environmentalists say it would hurt the endangered... I just, I the, just read that. I know, the tortoise, but they're not saying anything about the emissions. Well, they're a little they're a little upset about the 3,500 birds that were fried. How'd they taste? Well, like chicken? Well, mostly. But where am I going? But see, yeah, that... This is nonsense. We're putting out more carbon pollution now for the same amount of energy while we're told we're saving energy and it's destroying our economy all at the same time. It's amazing what we'll put up with. Uh, well, that's the case with the colonialists, too. I was like, my lord, they're not going to revo revolt yet. This is a prime example of when good intentions go bad, said H. Sterling Burnett. Burnett, a research fellow at the Heartland Institute. Solar and wind power plants typically require some form of supplemental fuel to deal with weather changes. Oh, remember what I told you when they're all going, oh, oh, buy this, buy this solar generator. Then when the hurricane comes, you'll be the only one you block with power for about 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm sorry, there is no way you can stuff enough batteries into that portable cart that wheels around with the solar panel on it. Uh, that it would... 
you could actually live on it for any length of time. There's and there's no sun during storms, so whatever storm it is, you won't have power. Other things, aftermath of storms, yeah, don't you have power, but for how long? <laughs> how cloudy is it going to be? You don't know. See, this is the problem. You can't have an energy source that relies on clouds. Oh, relies on sun, shows are you stupid conservatives. <laughs> uh, yes, but however, if clouds are in the way of the sunshine, it doesn't reach your solar panel, and you'll hear this horrible sound. Click. And it means your solar charger just turned off. Oh, wait. the I don't know what the all-in-one kit comes with. I haven't studied it in a couple, about a year or so, but I can tell you that early solar generators they were selling, just ridiculous. You could put it together cheaper yourself. All right. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba, natural gas used at several California operations can be used during the evenings to help protect against overnight freezing and temperature changes that can hurt equipment. Yeah, well, natural gas is not as environmentally damaging as coal or oil. It is more expensive. It is a fossil fuel generally not considered green. It it might be a fossil fuel, but I have to know oil isn't, and so I don't believe, I'm not convinced that natural gas is either. Uh, Ivan Paw's original license allowed it to use millions of cubic feet of natural gas with the understanding the total would not exceed 5% of the energy the project gets from sunlight. That would be impossible. You wouldn't have any power. Bright Source originally estimated the plant's main auxiliary boilers would use the gas for an average of an hour per day. But in March 2014, they petitioned the California Energy Commission for permission to increase that to roughly 4.5 hours per day. In the petition, they cited a need to protect equipment and maximize solar electricity generation. The company defended the plant operations. Less than 5% of electricity generated is attributed to natural gas, which qualifies 100% of the plant generation as renewable, energy spokesman oh David God. Knox wrote in an email. Are you kidding me? I think it's renewable <laughs> at 95%. <laughs> I mean, they didn't say you had to be 100%. That was the set. That's what the level they set. Michael Ward, information officer for the California Energy Commission, which provided the emissions data, confirmed that Ivanpah indeed falls below the 5% mark. But the 5% figure does not tell the whole story. Oh, yeah, it's, here we go again. It's like Common Core. <laughs> As California goes, does not account for emissions produced when a power plant is not generating electricity, according to Ward. So, the actual percentage of natural gas used could well be higher. They could use it for heat, you might think. If it were any other energy industry besides solar, the plant would never, would not have been built. <laughs> that was a double negative. Heartbreak. It's Young Cooperative Radio. Show you stay tuned. Cause We'll be right back. <laughs> The path to restoring our republic was laid down by our founding fathers. The principles of freedom, liberty, personal responsibility, and limited government are conservative ideals we will never abandon. America is listening. Grassroots. Common sense. Conservative talk radio. It's on the internet. Tune in now. Red State Talk Radio. 
featuring some of the most popular Internet talk show hosts in America today. Are you listening? RedStateTalkRadio.com New from Class Envy Productions, the people who brought you Obamacare, Cleopatra Obama, and Barry's got a brand new stash. An all-new exploitation picture starring Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, and a cast of millions and millions of unemployed Americans who all got the shaft. Members of Congress and my fellow Americans, while on vacation, working on my new, new jobs plan, I realize there are steps we can take right now to improve people's lives. But I want to continue to build roads and bridges, protect union jobs, and pay people to sit at home for another year. And every proposal I've laid out will be paid for by our children. There is the man who never had another plan except the... You're damn right. He's the cat who won't slow down when the country's going south. From the Can you dig it? You see, this cat buried is one dumb mother. Shut your mouth. I'm just talking about Obama. Oh, okay. He's not a complicated man, but nobody understands him but his woman. Michelle. Barack! Barack! You didn't eat the apples in your Happy Meal! But I don't want to! The Shaft. Now playing in an economy near you. You're damn right. And now, a message to freshman Tea Party back senators from Trent Lott and Lindsey Graham. Hello, this is Trent Lott. Uh, Lindsey and I just want you to know that we appreciate all that the Tea Party people did to bring you here to Washington. Yes, I love tea, and I dearly love parties. But now's the time we should all come together and sit down with the other side and listen to their ideas on how to move the country forward while we as Republicans take a step back and walk a mile in their shoes. Yeah, we love being Republicans, and we love conservative values, uh, probably as much as we'd love being liberal Democrats if the need ever arose. What Trent means is Republicans are always at our best when we ignore all the rhetoric and noise from back home and just do the right thing. The right thing? You know what I mean. Join Trent Lott and Lindsey Graham in bringing bipartisanship back to Washington. Five different budget plans on both ends of the ideological spectrum failed. Five budget plans failed in the Senate. Among them, a 99-0 vote, defeating President Obama's $3.8 trillion budget request. The Democrats are afraid of their own shadow in the Senate. They even vote down their own president's budget. Only takes 51 votes to pass a budget. Democrats in the Senate refuse to be held accountable. Under the Democratic control of the Senate, for three straight years, there hasn't been a budget. We haven't had one for three years. The result of no discipline for three years is you spend $10 trillion Four hundred billion dollars. Our national debt is more than fifteen point six trillion dollars. Approaching the sixteen trillion dollar mark. Sixteen trillion dollars worth of debt. It's the number one threat to our national security. The longer we wait, the more difficult the solution is going to be. The federal government is now twice the size it was in two thousand one. National unemployment has registered above 8% for the last 38 months. There's no way Barack Obama, with a straight face, 
can come before the American people and argue that somehow he has made things better than they were when he got here. The Obama economy isn't working for a lot of Americans. People across the country know what they want. They want a healthy economy. And the Obama economy is not a healthy economy. Most Americans have soured on the economy and they've now soured on this president. 42% said he's made it worse. Independence by double digits think he made it worse. We're not where we should right. be. Obama made it worse. At a time when it's hard enough already to create jobs in America. Have policies that maximize economic growth. Supports our economy. Growing our economy. Build our economy. We help this economy grow. Create jobs. American jobs. Jumpstart the economy. Create jobs. We should be focusing on jobs and the economy. So if you're looking for a simple three-word description of the Democrat approach to the problems we face, it's this. Duck and cover. to the cooperative radio show hour three <laughs> all righty then anyway back to solar solarness land there um solar bullcrap <laughs> <laughs> yeah no. yeah because if it was anything else it wouldn't have been built that's where you stopped where? I still don't see it. Uh, because you scrolled wrong. I did? Yes, and now you lost your place. And now I don't know where to put you. Well, Mr. Daddy, friend, run party needs to Right there. That's keep going. But no, keep going. Would not have been built. Why do you keep scrolling up? Because you've got it across two pages. And it's uh, is very bad form. If, if, see, I have to read it with all that white space. That happened since the last update you did. And I don't care when it happened. If it were any other energy industry besides solar plant would never be built, said David Lamb Ford, director of California Desert and National Wildlife Programs at the National Parks Conservation Association, NPCA. Okay, so the progs were going after the progs. Sort of. <laughs> From said that political pressure pushed this project through without proper input from the taxpayers and without them being adequately informed of exactly what kind of project it was. Sounds like business as usual for this government. He said officials generated enough momentum to make this project happen in order to meet the deadlines for the stimulus funding. According to Lamb from designers also erred in placing Ivanpah between the tallest mountains in the Mojave, where there is significant cloud cover and dust which would interfere with sunlight. Wow. Only the government would Epic do this. Epic failure. <laughs> Only the government. The government has to be involved oh, in wait, this. Oh, wait, this would be considered an epic success, right? <laughs> it's a boondoggle. It took, money out, it took money out of the economy. It's good, right? If you want to destroy the country. Burnett noted that low sunlight only increases the use of natural gas. Well, yeah, because you don't have sun, you don't have power. I keep trying to say that. Nobody seems to listen. Well, That's why they call it solar. They're not even hiding it. It's solar. So without <laughs> solar, it doesn't work. 
Also, Brian, what we keep telling everybody out there, and all the conservatives, I got to say, are screaming from the, from the hilltops, you're closing down coal, but you want everyone to have electric cars. How do you think you're going to get there? With natural gas, electric power plants that they've been building. Unbelievable. Coal makes electricity. So does natural gas. The only difference is it's not as abundant and it's more expensive. Particularly, it's not as abundant to us. We have one of the largest coal reserves in the world. So while you're making our electricity and energy cost money, they're selling coal off to China, China and, and India. And that's our coal. I don't know if, you, if the earth will make more coal. I know it'll make more oil. I'm not sure about natural gas and coal. Definitely, definitely oil. Uh, well, not definitely. Most probably. So Burnett noted that uh, sunlight only increases the use. Wow. You can make solar power as cheap as you want if the sun is not shining or it's cloudy or rainy. Wait, did he just not describe the sun not shining? If the sun is not shining <laughs> or it is cloudy or rainy. Now, when it's cloudy or rainy, the, the sun, sun is not shining. shining. It will require natural <laughs> gas to ramp up the plant quickly when solar power goes offline. They say it is green, but that assumes that there is a power source without any environmental impact. There's no such thing the way these people look at the environment. you got to be kidding me. The plastics used in the in the housing, the aluminum, whatever it is, got to mine the aluminum. Oh, my God, don't mine aluminum. Can't be mining in this country. We need to mine in this country. We have more resources in this country than anywhere else in the world. And we let a bunch of environmental freaks make us not use our resources, not go and dig our resources out of the ground. Just leave them there for future generations. Well, this generation needs it now. They can find their own gems. Anyway. Uh, like I said, all the plastic crap that you own, anything polymer, plastic, you, vehicles, computers, in fact, every appliance in your house, all these things are byproducts of what, Susan? Oil. That's right. It's a byproduct of the oil refinery process. There you have it. Without oil, almost everything you own wouldn't exist. All right. Uh, moving right along. I hate talking about the Enviro-Nazis. We have to, though, because nobody else is, and they, the frogs hope that this all goes away and we don't pay attention. Yeah, you figured after Solyndra, you guys be done. I was. <laughs> I was done before Solyndra, but I'm just saying, even if I was to think of myself as someone that accept this as constitutional, which, of course, it is not. Uh, it's still wrong. No matter how you look at it, it's wrong. Why is our government taking our money and giving it to somebody else to create a business to sell crap to us? Does that sound intelligent to you? I bet you thought we were intelligent. No, it don't seem so. <laughs> I, I'm not seeing it. I'm seeing a lot of stupidity, frankly. But, uh, you know, here's your sign. We'll move on. Again from Fox News, the Republican head of the House Science Committee 
is fighting to obtain documents from the Obama administration on a controversial global warming study as the agency that produced it locks down internal records despite a subpoena. It seems business as usual, right? It's all circus and bread. It's all circus and bread up there. <sighs> I'm sorry if I got louder. Uh, I think my my throat cleared out. I'm trying to say farther away from the microphone. I, I can tell. I can hear myself. Uh, it's just because sometimes I get clogged up and I don't have the resonance. Then it clears up and suddenly I got a lot of resonance. So try and bear with me. This is from Fox News again. I don't care where it's from, but I'll keep telling you. And again, if you want links to the stories we do on the show, go to uncooperativeblogger.com, find a way to subscribe to the blog, and when she puts it up, you'll be the first to know. You can pull the RSS feeds, anything you want. She puts the links up eventually, <laughs> sometimes real quick, sometimes not. But it doesn't matter. If you're subscribed, you'll know. And then you can go look up the stories for yourself and do whatever you want with them. Again, I, I don't, I don't care if other hosts are dipping into my my links. They're posted after the show. I don't care at all. They, I'm fine with it. Go ahead, run with it, use it. All right, the Republican head of the House Science Committee is fighting to obtain documents from the Obama administration on a controversial global warming study as the agency that produced it locks down internal records despite a subpoena. Now, why do locks we... Locks down internal records? Really? Why do oh. we have a committee on science? We're not supposed to have any of this stuff. They're not supposed to they be involved. They can have all the committees they want, but the only way we're supposed to provide for science is to do what, Susan? Patents. Copyrights, patents... Trademarks. Yep. That's the way we protect the intellectual property. That's it. They're not allowed to give money for anything. So there would be no House Science Committee because there's nothing to study. That's for scientists to do. We're not supposed to give them. You're not supposed to steal money from us and give it to them, you see. The people up there don't seem to know that. They think that's their job. The report by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, claims to refute prior studies showing the rate of global warming had flattened in recent decades. They claim to refute prior studies showing the rate of global warming had flattened. Oh, I want to hear this. Representative Lamar Smith, Republican of Texas, a global warming skeptic who could question the data, I gotta question everything, uh, issued a subpoena on October the 13th for the agency to compel production of documents and communications relating to adjustments of historical temperature data. Now, what are they calling us? That the us peoples that don't believe in global warming, doesn't they have a new term for us? Global warmer deniers. Deniers, I think that's what it was. Flat earthers. Disgusting conservatives. <laughs> but the chair of the Committee on Science, Space, and Technology, all of which there would be none because none of that's the government's business, 
complaining this week that the agency still is only providing some of the documents. The American people have every right to be suspicious. And this is why you get upset on these whistleblowers dumping documents and stuff. No matter what you think about their motives, I don't really care. We have a right to know this stuff. And you know what? They did us a service. And we, we obviously need more. Anyway, the American people have a right to be suspicious when Noah alters data to get the politically correct results they want and then refuses to reveal how those decisions were made, Smith said in a statement. Noah needs to come clean about why they altered the data to get the results they needed to advance this administration's extreme climate change agenda. The Noah, is that like the Walmart, the Noah? Says it has provided all necessary documents. Who's, who decides what's necessary? And data, as well as multiple in-person briefings. But made clear it does not plan to provide the private communications of scientists due to a long-standing practice in the scientific community of keeping such information private in order to encourage open discussion. Nonsense. You're a government-funded agency, and you're unconstitutional. Smith's committee says it does not recognize the confidentiality interests as a legitimate exemption and still wants communications between NOAA employees. A committee aide told FoxNews.com the subpoena was not just about communication between scientists, but the entire decision-making process behind the report. Good. What are you hiding? It's science. You're supposed to document everything. Smith's committee says it does not recognize the confidentiality. A committee aide told Fox News, and the subpoena was not just about that. The entire decision-making process. Oh, my. Don't give that away. What, are they trade secrets? You work for the government. You do what you're told. These are government employees using government email making decisions that have potentially far-reaching implications, and that's only because we accept the constitutionality of the alphabets up there, all the bureaucracies. If you just say, just learn for yourself that all of them should not exist, then we're getting somewhere. Underlying Smith's request for records is a suspicion that the agency's study was politically influenced. <laughs> the whole notion of climate change by the IPCC was for the, the point of it, was to create a new world order. The agency denies that outright. Well, it certainly doesn't sound scientific now, does it, ladies and gentlemen? Hiding how you came to the conclusion you did based on the data you had. Uh, that's basic. That's basically what's in your science notebook. There is no truth to the claim that the study was politically motivated or conducted to advance an agenda. The published findings are the result of scientists simply doing their job. Ensuring the best possible representation of historic global temperature trends is available to inform decision makers, including the U.S. Congress, NOAA spokeswoman, Chiron Clayton told FoxNews.com, defund Noah. Move along. The June report, if it was legal, defund Noah. But it's not legal, so it shouldn't be an issue. The June report said the rate of global warming in the past 15 years has been as fast or faster than that seen during the latter half of the 20th century. This contradicted earlier findings. Always suspect something's up when... Earlier findings contradict later findings. 
That almost always means tampering. Almost. The study refutes the notion that there has been a slowdown or hiatus in the rate of global warming in recent years, the study claimed. The theory of 15-year hiatus of global warming has been frequently cited by those skeptical of global warming. 15-year hiatus? What the heck is that? That, that has nothing. Who's, who says that? I, everything, your, whole pre, your whole process is based off nothing. You create the computer models to get the model you want, to get the answer you want. Garbage in, garbage out. It's a computer, not a sentient being. Whatever whatever they put into the programming for the computer to use to make these decisions, it, it can be fudged. It can be changed, massaged, to do whatever it wants. It, this has already been, I can't stand this. It's already been, it should have been over with the emails. Email gate, remember that? It should be over. Not Hillary email gate, the climate email gate. That needs, revisit it, all right? They're all a bunch of live pieces of crap. Look, trust me on this. In the 70s front page on the Time, what did it say in Time Magazine, says it? Globe, we're going into a global ice age. Oh, that never happened. So, that was global warming. Oh, wait, no, that didn't happen. No, it's global climate change. Change happens. Yes, but not man-made driven. And the IPCC was designed for one thing, bringing about a socialist new world order. That's what the founder of it said it was for. All right. Uh, and was supported by a report released between 2013 and 14 by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. This has nothing to do with people that know your nonsense. Uh, the This 2013 and 14, uh, no. The 15-year hiatus just means it's still going to happen. That's something the IPCC put forth as an argument towards well, the fact that it didn't cool it, it didn't warm, it cooled. So, see, they just changed. Uh, IPC that determined the upward global surface temperature trend from 1998 to 2012 was lower than from 1951 to 2012. What? That doesn't even make good sense without seeing a chart. Uh not that it matters. We already pro come on. Everybody's debunked this stuff. They've put their sensors that they're supposed to get data from around the world. They put it exactly how there's a plate. There's a there's a set of rules to where you place these sensors. Has to be at least three feet or four feet off the ground. Has to be nowhere near a building, window, dryer, <laughs> outflow, uh, power lines, etc. When they went and looked at all the the sensors, they were all set wrong. They were set too close to the ground, they were, or they were by a, a dryer vent. Up against buildings. Up against buildings, which especially brick buildings do what? They retain heat and then give it off later. Uh, all these things mess, would completely ruin the data, which means all experiments gone. We already know this. It's a, all the data is corrupt, so it's gone. Data is corrupt, computer models are corrupt, and the people are corrupted. That's 100% corruption. Well, the UN can do something. However, NOAA used not only data from 2013 and 2014, but also introduced what it called improved versions of both sea surface temperature and land 
land surface air temperature data sets, and in doing so concluded global warming has continued to accelerate upward. Who's buying all this? I'm waiting for it. Please send me global warming. Yeah. Not not the snow. The, the one you say. No more snow global warming. I like some real global warming up here. We could grow longer. That's right. <laughs> That's the only downside of global warming, besides the nonsense you've read. Uh, we'll have more food. No, people won't starve. They'll thrive. We always thrive where it's warmer, not colder. This study led by renowned climate scientist. Oh, he's renowned. I must know his name then, because that's what the name means, renowned, right? Was independently peer-reviewed and vetted by a well-regarded scientific journal. The whole of science is corrupted. All the journals are junk. Anything they're involved with is political. Forget it. Why do you listen to this stuff? Science has been completely politicized by the progs. It's so you can't trust science anymore. That should tell you right there, we need to take our country back. We can't even trust scientists. Yeah, Clayton said, adding that the study was not undertaken to disprove the hiatus theory. Well, there's the hiatus theory is junk. Just a patch to try and say we need to still do this stuff even though it's not global warming anymore. The study was published in Science and was conducted by Tom Carl, director of NOAA's National Centers for Environmental Information. Nobody's more pro-technology and science than I am. There's not a host out there that knows or cares more about science, computers, and etc. of technology. This is just idiotic. Just, just decide to tell yourself, look, I'm going to stop listening to nonsense. I, I can hear someone saying, oh, I see you don't like science. Some prog. I hate to break it to you. Conservatives like science more than progs do. Progs like science that agrees with them, and that's all. Hence, climate change. You can't argue with it because they keep changing the rules. It's perfect. Democrats on the House committee were not supportive of Smith accusing him of furthering a fishing expedition rather than engaging in focused oversight with a legitimate goal in mind. The goal is socialist new world order. That's the goal. That's a stated goal by the IPCC founder. So why do we listen to the IPCC? I guess because some of us, all of us, want this global governance finally. No borders, no more having to worry about how much money you make. Everybody makes the same no matter what they do. It's going to be utopia. Wait and see. There'll be peace on earth and goodwill towards man. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> and, and and God laughs. Um. He's going to keep doing the investigation. The Democrat says he's full of it. That's the rest, end of the story. It gets worse. Wait till you read the other article. This is why <laughs> you're showing the footer, but you have no footer information in the footer. That's why there's so much white space. Well, we'll fix See, it. See, white space? Yeah. White space, white space. Well, you could number the page. That would help. Anyway, it gets worse. Read the next one. <laughs> Read what next? The one? next article. You're done with this one. I am. Yeah, they're they're not going to pay attention to him, and he's going to keep hounding the Noah for the. That's where they're at. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, but no, the quote's actually pretty good, so I want to finish it. Okay. It saddens me that the chairman's aggressive oversight this Congress 
seems designed to generate press releases and harass the executive than to actually discover any significant waste, fraud, or abuse in the programs we oversee. All the programs you oversee are waste, fraud, and abuse because they're unconstitutional. Doofus. Representative Eddie Bernice Johnson. All right. I don't trust anybody, any guy, if this is a guy, with the middle name Bernice. And I don't really trust any woman whose first name is Eddie. So well, either way this works out, this Johnson character, uh, I don't know. I, I'm against. It could be Edie. <laughs> no, that would be 1D. Eddie. With an IE, which means it could be a woman. I don't, I'm not familiar with Eddie Bernice Johnson, the demon crat from Texas, said in October 23rd letter. That's what she said. He said, I don't know which. I don't trust them. We won't be complicit in the illegitimate harassment of our nation's research scientists, Johnson said. Really? Illegitimate harassment. I want to know how you came to these conclusions. I want to see the science. Why can't the scientists provide the science? Because it's not science. It's propaganda. However, Smith has pledged to continue his investigation. Good for you, Smith. The agency has yet to identify any legal basis for withholding these documents. The committee intends to use all tools at its disposal to undertake its constitutionally mandated oversight responsibilities, Smith said in a statement. And, of course, he's lying. <laughs> There's they no would such thing. If he was doing that, he would defund all these things. Right. They, stuff like this. Nowhere on the, I mean, as crazy as you are about the Constitution, could you see as actually being legal? That includes your NPR and uh, PBS. I say let them live off donations. They should be able to. I looked at their financials when they were going to get rid of the CBC. That's the overseeing branch of the NPR and uh, PBS thing. Uh, and they replaced the commissioner with a conservative, and they attacked this guy personally at home, threatened his family. Finally, the guy gave up on trying to, <laughs> trying to say, no, we're not going to fund this anymore. That was what he sent there to do, stop funding, do these these biased left-wing outlets and let them raise the money themselves. And they actually raise plenty of money to keep themselves open. They don't need our government money, so why do you want to give it to them? And by the way, there's a bazillion channels. They were only created because out in the country, like where we live, there was a there was a limit of how many radio stations there were that you could get in, and how would you get your news? And so they decided that they would provide for it unconstitutionally, though it may be. And so that was their niche. But now, it's the Internet. There's a bazillion channels everywhere. We don't need NPR and PBS as a nation, so why are we paying for it? Let you people who use it donate and pay for it. Oh, so you don't think poor people should have access to NPR and CB? I don't really give a crap what poor people have access to. If they're really poor, they don't have the, they don't have a TV or a radio to listen to anyway. Well, they'd have a radio, maybe. But our poor people, they have three, two on average, two TVs per household, multiple game consoles, DVDs, etc., 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 etc. What's up? Don't. Get in my peripheral vision. <laughs> I'm sitting next to you. 
<laughs> Again from World Net Daily. Uh, at the upcoming United Nations Climate Summit in Paris, participating nations have prepared a treaty that would create an international tribunal of climate justice. Now there's climate justice even. I told you it just gets worse. Even Bernie Sanders had a problem with that. Uh, upgrade United. International Tribunal of Climate Justice. We have social justice and climate justice. Now they're double justicing us. We're in trouble. These people don't seem to understand what justice is. Or they think you're a blithering idiot. One of the two. Anyway, the third world country has the power to haul the U.S. into a global court with enforcement powers. Giving third world countries the power to haul the United States into a global court with enforcement powers. Wow. Well, what were we say? What can we do when that court says you're not doing enough climate justice, so you're going to have to pay this country money? You're going to like that? Your tax state? I don't even like foreign aid now because it's unconstitutional and it's a waste of money and it's not even a good political idea. And I've heard everyone state absolutes, including my conservative friends, absolutes on how it is. No, well, absolutely it's not. It is not in our interest. Anyway, uh, Congress would be bypassed, left out in the cold. I mean, like Caesar does? By this climate deal, critics say. What climate deal? That's a treaty. Starts. You can tell right now they're they're in the bag. It's a deal. It's not a treaty. It's a deal. That's how they they use that as an excuse not to require two thirds of the Senate to actually vote on whether to pass this or not. Good news. Since they're not doing that, the minute we take back the states, ha. It means nothing. We put the U.N. on notice. Oh, by the way, get out of New York City. Policies once left to sovereign nations could be turned over to a U.N. body if the U.S. and its allies approve the proposed deal in Paris during the summit scheduled for November 30th to December the 11th. In other words, they're there now. According to the proposed draft text of the Climate Treaty, the tribunal would take up issues such as climate justice and climate finance. Don't forget technology transfers and climate debt. Climate debt? How in the world could you have climate debt? Oh, your weather's too nice, so you owe a little nice weather to this one over here. How do you transfer that? Oh, money. Energy, resources. Buried on page 19 of the 34-page document is the critical text, still heavily bracketed with text that hasn't been completely resolved and agreed upon, reads, An International Tribunal of Climate Justice as a compliance mechanism is hereby established to address cases of non-compliance of the commitments of developed country parties on mitigation adaptation provision of finance technology development and transfer and capacity building 
and why do we have more one end? I don't know. And transparency <laughs> of action and support, including through the development of an indicative list of consequences, taking into account the cause, type, degree, and frequency of noncompliance. Unbelievable. Even though it was a complete bust in the European Union, they had billions of dollars siphoned off by organized crime. They're still pushing ahead. You wonder why they don't care about money. They don't care about crime. They only care about getting this one world, new world socialist order up on its feet. That's it. That's all they care about. Let's get it done. We're here now. Let's do it. Let's finish it. We've got we've got the uh, administration of the United States government in our hip pocket. Let's roll. And that's exactly what they're doing. Good news. Again, we get the Constitution back. We throw the U.N. out. The states do not have to listen to the U.N. or anybody else. They don't, but they are in no way, shape, or form ready. ready. It's too soon. Again, you must read Sun Tzu, but really study it because it's you don't want to move too soon. And, and also, Mark Levin, you don't want to move too late. It's not just too soon. You could be too late. And the Liberty Amendments are, well, too late. And wrong. Sorry, it does nothing but grant more the power to the federal government to do what it's already doing, which is against the law, therefore void and doesn't exist. If you amend the Constitution to make it exist, guess what? It exists. Why would Mark Levin want to do this? In his head, because this way we're controlling their behavior. But the behavior you're controlling was illegal, and now you've made it legal. But it's controlled, he'll argue. I don't I don't want it at all, I'll argue. And uh, if he'd ever talked to me for any length of time, I could probably smack him upside the head enough for him to go, what was I thinking? I mean, this is even after we take the Republic back, it's going to be at least a decade or so before we think of any changes to the Constitution. You have to let things hammer out. It takes a time of change and transition. And, you know, we're not just going to go, poof, Constitution. Millions of people starving on the streets. Of course, everything would be aggressively moving to zero. Aggressively, though. All right. Uh, where were we going, man? The UN held a pre preparatory conference in September in Bonn, Germany, that drafted language to be approved by the upcoming Paris Climate Summit. At the Bonn meeting, the UN brought together more than 2,000 participants from government excuse me, from governments, observer organizations, and the media. But none of those media chose to report on the proposed new global, global tribunal. See, this is how they keep the press in their pocket. They were there to get their marching orders, not to tell us what's going on, if you notice. This is why I say you need to support the NRA no matter how you feel. Because they tell us what's going on up there in the UN. They have a seat. And that's worth paying for. It's only $35 a year. You get a free magazine and you get accident insurance and you get gun insurance for $35 a year. You think that's not a good deal? Oh, but they did this and they did. Ah, yeah, nobody's perfect. The point is they're the only one in the position right now that has a seat as an NGO in the UN that can keep us informed and, and actually bring the fight to the UN, which obviously doesn't care. Still, we care. I want to know what they're doing. So please think about that.
But none of those media chose to report. The Paris Conference is mandated to adopt a protocol, another legal instrument, or an agreed outcome with legal force under the convention applicable to all parties. Which is to come into force in 2020, according to the IISD Reporting Services, which tracks the global sustainable development movement. Look up Agenda 21. Look up Sustainable Development, United States, UN Sustainable Development. You'll you'll get the picture, and you'll and you need to find out if your local government's involved, and if it is, you need to make a stink about it and put it in the local papers so that people will learn about it. Because there are secret agreements in county governments all over this country. You think it's state. It is not. They are not going into bed with the states because they realize the states cannot go into an agreement or treaty. It's against the Constitution. They've gone and made agreements with the states. They're just agreements. They agreed to try and comply to the sustainable development policies of the United Nations. It all sounds harmless. They don't call it Agenda 21 anymore. That sounds too scary. It is kind of scary. Anyway, uh, 2020 is their big deal. Like many initiatives, well, now it's 2020, and then 2030 for the RFID, everybody in humanity having, uh, you know, biometrics. Why would they set their goals so far away? Oh, man, because it takes time. But, you know, the way the, the, way the see, world's going to start burning, this no, isn't even going to happen. It'll happen. It, they, no, nothing's going to happen the way they want, hopefully. No, they, you don't understand. By 2020 and 2030, our goals to have complete compliance, there's a whole bunch of crap that happens up until then to get us complying and get our biometrics. And this takes time. And, you know, they can't, there's no way, because they always say in 2030, they said in 2030, they want all of humanity registered with the biometrics. All of humanity. So, obviously, it's going to be going from now till then. It's going to be happening. Countries are going to be doing it. Hopefully not ours. Bet we will. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Watch for it. Watch for any instance that the government's changing the way the licensing. If there's a problem with licensing, ask your local government what's going on. Your local DMV. That's state-run, not federal. Ask what's going on with my license. Don't just put your head in the sand. This stuff's going to come along. Some people, like places like New York City, big populations, this is going to happen pretty easily and pretty fast compared to what's going to happen to us out here in the middle of flyover country. But there's less of us. <laughs> we, we are. Seriously, in flyover they country. They do fly over. They fly over all the time. And helicopters are it's really not loud. all the time, don't listen to her. <laughs> if it was all the time, I would, never would have lived here. Really loud helicopters. <laughs> Actually, really quiet helicopters until they're not. They got the quiet ones, and they got the loud ones. And then I'm not sure how quiet it is underneath the helicopter when it's right overhead. Because I never really studied how they made them quiet. It could be only for, you know, X amount of radius around the helicopter out it's quiet. But that is really loud directly underneath, which who would care? The noise has to go somewhere. Uh, who would care? Because they're right underneath you. But, yes, uh, they could be two different choppers or it could be that phenomena. They fly like treetop level over here. And we're at 7,000 feet, so. 
But it doesn't happen often. The helicopters, I know they're checking me out. They're watching my heat signature to see if it increases. It's all about drugs, ladies and gentlemen. Lord knows how much you pay for those nightly flights over the Rocky Mountains here that the Coast Guard, uh, the, uh, the Air National Guard uses as training. But, uh, yeah, they're over here trying to check out heat sources to see if they can find people growing marijuana. I don't know. That's not that big here like it was down south when I lived down there. I, did, I knew a bunch of people that did that. I shouldn't say that, I guess. No, 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 no. Those, those, uh, what do you call it? It's kicked in by now. Uh, what is that called when you go past the time where you could be charged with it? Grandfather? No. no. <laughs> I have no idea. You, like, sh you should have some idea. It's important. Uh, but anyway, we'll just go back to the <laughs> United Nations. Like many initiatives that come out of the UN, there has been a media blackout on coverage of the potential for a new world tribunal that would make binding decisions on a host of issues of critical to the U.S. economy. The draft text has been available on the Internet since October the 20th for all to see. The only mentions... One is likely to find with search engines are alarms being sounded by critics. The climate realists who reject the apocalyptic predictions uh, a of, a of the multi-billion dollar global warming lobby, writes William F. Jasper for the New American Magazine. One such critic is the Craig Rucker, executive director and co-founder of CFACT, CFACT. Rucker points out more than 130 developing nations, led by South Africa and investigated by China and India, are insisting they will not sign a climate deal in Paris unless it contains massive redistribution of wealth from developed to poor countries. Oh, there goes my glass analogy again. Glass of water. Just think of the wealth as water in a glass. Now they want the power to haul the U.S. and its allies before the U.N., Star Chamber to enforce compliance, Rucker. That's just say no. We have to use ridiculous terms like Star Chamber to make it sound even more onerous than it is. I just don't like when you're talking about something like this and you just get kind of ridiculous. It's like putting on a show or something. Just, just, re just report the facts, news organization. Just the facts. It's not a Star Chamber really, because that was a whole different kind of story. But, all right. He also notes that this is not the first time the United Nations has tried to insert language creating a global climate court into a UN climate document. It happened in 2011 at a summit in Durban, but was stripped out last minute when CFAC blew the whistle and some media outlets picked up the story. But this time around, the globalists writing the text have substituted the world tribunal for court and insist the body will be non-judicial. What? It's a court that's judicial, but I, what are you talking about? Oh, courts aren't judicial. Well, then, why are they in the judicial branch? The slight edit to terminology offers little comfort, Rucker said, cautioning that the word tribunal 
Could get watered down further if it attracts too much. It'll be the same thing with a different label. That's all they ever do. Stop falling for it, for God's sakes. They change nothing but the name. You go, oh, that's much better. If the climate tribunal becomes the focus of public scrutiny, watch for the negotiators to pull a switch behind closed doors and try to accomplish the same thing by rebranding it an enforcement quote-unquote mechanism. He said, why is everything behind closed doors? It still now? has enforcement in the word. It still doesn't make me happy. So they're not even politically correct. Good. I know that wasn't good English. Did it on purpose. <laughs> Whatever they call it, countries who sign onto this agreement will be voting to expand the reach of the United Nations climate bureaucracy, cede national sovereignty and create a one way street along which billions were redistributed from developed to poor nations, Rucker says. Developed nations would be expected to slash their emissions while the poor countries expand theirs. China, which holds a trillion dollars in U.S. debt, would be counted among the poor. He said China and India are delighted with the prospect. They would like nothing better than a world where the West cedes the competitive advantages their free market economies created. We don't have free markets. That's a lie. Rucker writes, uh, they no, that was me, not Rucker. They hope for a future where Asia does the manufacturing and the U.S. and Europe do the importing until their wealth runs out. Anyway, that's pretty true. That's it's really their plan. Yeah. Oh God, I'm only wait. I got a whole segment left. What's going on here? You always do. You very rarely finish this show. I thought I was running out. No. Oh, segment three is small. I'm running out. No, because. Do you have to expand on this at all? What they're going to be doing to us if we let them? Which they said Obama's already signed on to. Well, they, they're at the Paris. No, they're going to be. Like, no, they are. The 30th. Oh. Oh. Ah. It's the first. That's they're already two days in. Great. Obama just can sign what he wants. It's a treaty. No treaty is valid until ratified by Congress. And but they gave their power away. No, that was on one agreement only. That was specific to that one agreement. This is a binding treaty. There, there's no other way to look. You can call it whatever you want. It's going to be a mechanism, so they don't get to vote on mechanisms. Well, it might surprise you to note that you don't just get to slap different labels on things and make it constitutional. It isn't about being convenient. It's about keeping the government under our thumb, which obviously seems ridiculous now, but that's the way, that's where they belong. And that's where I want them back. Nobody will ever want to run for president anymore. Here's one for you. In the Constitutional Republic, what is the highest government official? The most powerful. I won't say highest, the most powerful. Who is it? You? You know? We the people. No. Oh, you said government. Yeah. The governors. Governors. That's right. Governors, that's the most powerful. Those are the most powerful jobs in the Constitutional Republic. Not President of the United States. Not Congress. Not Senate. Not, not the House of Representatives. Not Judicial Branch. Supreme Court. No. Supreme Court actually is a lowly, functionary, nonsensical. It has some, no real power. Of, and that's why they weren't happy about it. And they stole it unto themselves. But we should respect the fact that judges tell us why the judges have power that we didn't give them. I'm just saying. Eight things customer service should never say to customers. 
from outbound call center community. There's a community, huh? There are things that we're all taught not to say. Don't mention an old flame in front of a new spouse. Never ask an older woman her age or a younger one if she's pregnant. Don't ask about someone's salary, shoe size, or anything to do with their sex life. Even support agents who earn their living speaking to customers sometimes need to be reminded that they should and should not say. At Desk.com, we talk to a lot of customer service professionals, ranging from merely cringeworthy to enraging. Here are eight things they recommend your team should never say to customers. You did that wrong. Customer's always right. Customers frequently do things wrong the wrong way, and it can be incredibly frustrating to agents. No, you, you yeah. frustrate me. You deserve everything you get. <laughs> no. What you make me go through is unbelievable. <laughs> they should just give me a certificate of completion so I no longer have to talk to customer service. <laughs> you still have to talk to customer service sometime this week, no matter what. <laughs> For what? For what was going on with our bill. Oh, the AT&T. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and your account. That's an easy one. Okay, move. Straight up facts and billing. Okay. No more discussion. Get another. Not the, not the, the flow chart people. <laughs> they, they have to go through the flow chart. The question comes up on the screen. They have to read it to you and then put your answer. Then it goes to the next question. I, at one point, finally got someone with some experience on the job. I said, okay, let me do it this way. Answer the questions any way you like. To get me to the point where we can uh, troubleshoot that my USB modem works. And it worked. She's like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> she went right at it. Most people are too stupid on customer service, let's be found, let's be honest, and they're too afraid to go against the grain. But she just really, I told her, it's a, <laughs> my history, and she just went, oh, okay. Yeah, I should be teaching her, not the other way around. Okay, do one, we have a couple more to do. You did that wrong. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, what do you mean? You can't no, see no, the no, red no, button. No, it's no, right no. in front of your face. I no. said, that's me talking to Susan. <laughs> I just did this recently. What do you mean? The red button's right in front of your face. Okay, do the next one. It, all right. That's not something I can help you with. Have you heard that? Yes. <laughs> that's why I but then, to... but But you, it's your service. You, you're the only one that can. <laughs> or bump me up to tech level two so I can talk to somebody that understands technology. Okay, go with the next one. That they know the answer if they don't. Stop faking you know the answer. <laughs> I promise we're adding this new feature. <laughs> that you, you would have no, they, no customer service agent would have any information about that. That's just nonsense. They just want to make themselves feel special. Sorry, or sorry, not sorry. What's so bad about Sorry. You don't want your support people to apologize, but let's be honest, most support people aren't sorry for things. Whatever the issue is, it's usually someone else's fault. They usually did something wrong. There's a problem with the product, broken code, etc. Customers can tell when an apology is fake, and it can frustrate them even more. Wow. You hear that, customer service people? I'll have so-and-so call you back in five minutes. Don't make promises you can't keep. Thank you for your feedback. One of the functions of a great customer support team is that it collects customer opinions and passes them along. Wow. I didn't know that. I figured it just died with them. They must have had people up top must be going, what the heck is going on out there? Nothing. 
Now you can. How can you button. say nothing? No, what? Read, read it. Sometime agent. Sometime agents need to pull up account information or research a bug, but leaving a customer on the line with dead air makes for a terrible experience. Have uh, you had that happen? Yeah, but I know what's going on. They usually they usually tell you they're working on it, and they'll be right See, back, is... and then they put you on because they're in a lot noisy call center, so they put you on hold while they're doing it, but it's quiet. They don't have any sound. They should have a song playing, right? <laughs> See, something is... stupid like la, 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 <laughs> See, la, But this la, is something la. that you wouldn't want them to do. It says encourage your team to either put the customer on hold or even better, talk to them. You hate that. I don't. I don't want you to talk to me until you have something intelligent to say. <laughs> I don't want to get to know you. You're not my new buddy. We're not a, having a beer. You work for me. I'm your boss. That's the relationship. Keep it. Trying to make us like we're equals just pisses off a, a real customer. Tell them to ask how the weather is. Whether they're excited about a holiday or the soup or the who wants who they who want the soup bowl. Basically, anything that helps keep a relationship and show a friendly, more personal face to the customer. No, I have had certain agents. Capable of doing this, of not doing it, any, because they, they, I knew by talking to them, they were listening to me and they were fixing the problem. And I don't really care how long you put me on hold. I just don't want to hear. Did you reboot the computer? <laughs> no, I'm, a, I'm a complete moron, lady. Uh, didn't try to be, I, you know. They tell me problems with like my routers and stuff. Well, did you reboot it? I live off the grid. I reboot it every day by definition. The tower goes off at night and the power comes on in the day. It's automatically rebooted. It's, uh, oh, it's frustrating. <laughs> I don't like just, just put whatever answer they want to hear in there. Get to the point, get to the part where we can solve this thing. Get to here. I'm sorry, but I have to answer these questions. I have to ask you these questions. I have to answer them. Uh. Uh, that's when I start getting pissed. Well, I literally, he got so upset one time that he wouldn't, he wouldn't call them back. So I got on the phone because he was screaming at me and was screaming at them. So he says, well, if you want this thing, you, you get on the phone and get them back. So I did. And for some reason, I guess whatever he had done before, they had put me to an advanced person. And I told, explained to the person that he's extremely, extremely computer savvy. He can talk the computer's language. He can take a computer apart and put it back together again. So when you talk to him, you have to talk to him from that perspective. And it actually worked. Okay, if you say so. I have no recollection of this. I know. <laughs> hardly like anything. I said, I've had a couple, only a couple good, good uh, customer service agents in my entire lifetime. I, I'm glad at least this last time it wasn't someone from India trying to act, act like they're not from India. Giving them all names like Jim and John and Paul and Greg. and You know, when you have a an accent, an, a, an Indian accent, everybody knows what an Indian A poo, the Indian accent. You can, I know my name is David. Jeez, <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, well, that's like your... That, that's no way to start off a relationship. That is already lying. It's already dishonest. That's that's what the problem is. When you start up that and people with half a brain can figure out, no, you're Indian and you're in India. I don't really care what country you're in, but I have had bad experiences with people from India doing customer service. It seems like they don't actually know what that means. And, uh, yeah, well, it could be Arab, too. Hey, with that, we're going to have to end the show. Sadly, this has been the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening to UncooperativeRadio.com. 
and say goodnight, Susan. Good night, Susan. And we're out of here. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.